0: And a one, and a two, in a one, two, three, four.
1: Church Jams
2: Now. Welcome to Church Jams Now the podcast where three former youth group kids and current music nerds deep dive into Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. I, of course, am one of your hosts, Kylan Savage, and with me, as always, is Mr. TJ Smith. What? Who? Why? Where? And Okay. And our beautiful producer, Josh Olson. How? Oh, my God. (laughs) So close. This has always been a bit, but for (laughs) real, you guys just need to shut up, stop this, (laughs) because we have a guest who I'm really excited to talk about. This week, we have Valentine Hellman from the W's. Can We, we can call you Val, right? Yeah. Hi. So, Val, welcome. Thank you so much Thank for you. coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. woo We are super excited. I know this is, uh I- I'm going to embarrass our-, our boy Josh a little bit. I know he has been. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> he has been beyond excited about this. I think he's brought up the how many times on the show have you brought up the w's josh a couple times for sure and then in private life i feel like you talk about the w's all the time and how you're so excited to finally cover them on the show
3: well yeah since we have been doing the show this has been a record that i'm like oh man i can't wait to do the w's and i'd even tried to like reach out to like the only way i knew to like contact anyone was like through Andrew's project the big fix that he did like a couple years oh, back yeah, so yeah. i tried to like reach out through that and i didn't get anything so i was like man hopefully we can get like someone from the w's on and then lo and behold <laughs> i don't even know how to reach andrew so <laughs> <laughs> he's just off in the he's off the grid off these the grid. days you know yeah yeah, yeah. Off grid. he's not responding to his uh, bandcamp if anyone tries to message him <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> or he's just Waste not time to me to yeah. be
2: fair i don't know anyone that responds in bandcamp yeah so so, yeah, who are you? Why? Uh, <laughs> what, what's your deal, man? <laughs> I'm Val from the W's. Uh, I don't know. Um, I
4: am a almost 50-year-old man who lives in Portland, Oregon. Used to be in the band The W's a long time ago. Apparently, the fourth and the last is turning 25 this year.
3: Thanks, Josh, for telling me that. <laughs> it most certainly
4: is. But, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. What else do you want to know about me?
2: Um okay, let's try this. Let's so usually so our show is very specifically about yeah, Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. Um and so I always like to start out with an origin story. So I want to know a little bit about your childhood and specifically in terms of music. Like what did you grow up listening to? Because for the three of us it was pretty strict like Christian music. Yeah. And so did you only listen to Christian music growing up? No. Um I did not
4: listen to any Christian music at all. Um, Mm. The only song that was kind of Christian that we listened to was um, this song called The Lord's Prayer by Sister Janet Mead. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I think it's from the 70s. My dad had it like on 45, and you'd play. It It was just the song, you know, the Our Father prayer just sung to kind of like 70s rock. Nice. Mm. Sister Janet Mead, look that up and. Sister Janet Mead will do. Yeah, but so no, I was, uh, my parents were both Roman Catholic. I was raised Roman Catholic, you know, did First Communion and Confirmation, everything. Um, cool. We listened to a lot of, uh, ABBA and Neil Diamond at my house. Nice. Um, yes. growing up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when I got into high school, I started listening to some other stuff. Like, uh, I was into kind of like the, I don't know, the late 80s, early 90s alternative stuff, like B 52s, mm-hmm. Finding Cannibals. Um, I listened to uh They Might Be Giants a ton. They're like my favorite nice. band ever. And nice. I uh was acquainted with them like my junior year of high school and so heard Flood on a on a band trip, somebody loaned me the tape. I listened to it the whole way up to, you know, wherever we were going on the bus and just fell in love. And they might be
2: giants have been like my favorite band ever since. So they're a good band to be a favorite band. Uh I have to say having a two-year-old daughter, I think my current favorite they might be giant song. <laughs> is the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse theme song. (laughs) Yep, hot dog. Hot dog. Hot dog, I have heard that one. It's not really on my my playlist I make. It's not? It's not in your top ten? It doesn't make your top ten. That's fine,
3: though. (laughs) So you were like the cool guy in the band that didn't have, like that were like, oh, you guys listen to Christian music? I I don't know know if that's necessarily the the cool guy. (laughs) Um,
4: (laughs) When I got into college and I met all of them, uh, so... The first people I met were um, Todd, the bass player, and uh, Andrew, who's the guitarist and vocals. And then there was this guy Zach Schultz, who was our original drummer. I met the three of them in college at the we all lived at um, Avery Lodge. It was like this co op at Oregon State University. There was like a talent show or something, and so we're like, we're gonna form a band and we're gonna you know play music. And uh, so we we played a few songs. We played um, we played Jesus Loves Me, but we played it to uh, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, nice purple haze and uh
2: nice that's had, incredible that one was
4: actually in our set for a long time uh, we played pup but uh the song pup which is on the first album but it was it was a way different version of pup maybe we can get into that more when we go through the songs but uh yeah yeah so we played those and uh and i got my friend matt to play trombone with us and then after that show he was like nah i don't want to be in a band so <laughs> tough luck for matt um <laughs>
1: yeah
4: and then then the next year um We played a few shows, uh, no, did we play a few shows? No, we didn't. We just, uh, we decided we were going to record or something. I don't remember exactly what happened, but, uh, we all went away for the summer, came back. Uh, we got Brett, trumpet player, uh, Andrew met him over the summer and then James was Andrew's roommate in college. And I had, I had dropped out of college at this point and was just living at home, which was, uh, Albany, which was like 12 minutes from Corvallis. So I would just drive over and practice with them and stuff, uh. And then at some point, um, Zach decided he was going to move to Seattle and work for Tooth and Nail Records, and start okay. like a punk band or something. And so he left, and we needed a new drummer, and uh, we found um, Pete. I can't remember Pete's
3: last name. Crap, uh, <laughs> that Gosh, sucks. Do you know <laughs> it? I don't know it actually.
2: Josh is usually our. Josh is usually our all of our memory. This <laughs> is some <laughs> Well, He wasn't, he on, the wasn't first on record. He, and, he, he did not record with much us. about
3: pre okay. fourth from the last Ws <laughs> okay. on the internet. We
4: had like a a demo CD that had like seven or eight songs on it, and Pete was on that. He played drums and sang backups. Um, and then we got our big break to go down to uh, to California and open for Five Iron and Echoing Green at the Scream. I think um, maybe it wasn't at the Scream. I don't remember. But anyway, you know, Five Iron was just on their uh, they had just released newest album ever. And so, they were touring cool. on that, and nice. Echoing Green was opening, and I don't remember why, but the opening band, the opening opening band couldn't make it, and uh, we knew this guy that worked at 5-Minute Rock, he was the art director, Aaron James, and he knew us, he knew some of our friends, and so he called them, he was like, cool. hey, you guys still in a band, and we so we drove down there, um, but before we went, Pete, um, Pete was skateboarding behind his parents' Suburban, grabbed onto it, and then <laughs> they went really fast, and he fell and broke his arm, so
1: brian oh, morris no. stepped wait minute, in wait a minute wait a minute so that thing you do exactly yes that thing the you do where he breaks his arm <laughs> yeah yeah and that thing you do had already come out no that oh, movie really? had already oh. come out
4: so like when brian <laughs> was used coming and playing machine. with us i was like this is not gonna end well for pete um and it didn't you know because hey, brian guys, was brian though. was really good and uh yeah and uh much so to, yeah, so Brian became our dismay. drummer, and Brian
3: was very good.
4: <laughs> he was, he was. I mean, he was probably the most talented musician, in the as you know, he was the best at his instrument in the band. I think. Um, nice. So wow. Yeah. Crazy. So um, yeah, he joined the band, and
2: that was our lineup for a long time. How yeah. okay? So that show specifically, do you remember? Like, how many songs did you guys have, and then how long was your set? <sighs> we had like. Know? we had maybe 10 songs at the
4: most. Um, cool. Like we had most of the songs that are on the, on fourth and the last, maybe there was a couple we didn't have yet. Um, Cause we had been playing for a while already through Oregon, um, right. like in, you know, Salem, Portland, Eugene, uh, mm-hmm. up and down I five. Um, And uh, yeah, so we played that show and I guess we just, you know, we did really well. Everybody liked us. Um, You know, Frank from five minute walk records was there. And I guess, um, he told this story later. At some point, you know, everybody's cleaning up, and I go into the bathroom, and there's just toilet paper everywhere. So I grab a, I grab a mop or a broom or something, and I start sweeping up all the toilet paper. And Frank comes in and sees me. And then later on, he was talking about how, like, at that show, he was like, one of your guys was just like cleaning the bathroom after the show, and that really, <laughs> that really made me think they were good guys. You guys were good guys, and so and I was like, oh, I, I just saw a mess and. I've been a janitor for so long, you know, my first thought was just (laughs) clean it up. You know, the typical musician story, janitor, musician. Your big break. (laughs) Yeah. Because I cleaned up the toilet toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: imagine the multiverse in which you enter that bathroom and it had had courteous, and uh, I just go fucking, just walk yeah. away. <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> and Frank yeah. walks in and he hears totally me drop different. the f bomb, and he's just like, nope, <laughs> "Yeah, these guys yeah, are exactly. not getting signed." Yep. Yeah, Never, exactly. No, you might out.
2: still be a janitor to this day.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably. I, you know, <laughs> that's great. But yeah, so we uh, got signed, and uh,
3: yeah. Wow, I want to. I'm curious of like, because I, I like that you mentioned playing around Oregon, because I was going to ask one like what that scene was like in the '90s, mm. and even just like the. Uh, just a decision or if it was a decision or if it was just like happened of like becoming a ska or like a swing band like whatever like like oh, man, what was behind that?
4: yeah, so um there was a there was another ska band in Corvallis at where Oregon state was called ten dollar Mike and i I had actually played in that band like played bass and then played saxophone um and then just kind of quit. I just I don't know. I didn't really <laughs> I didn't like being in a ska band, but then. <laughs> I went and joined this other ska band, <laughs> so um, but we weren't really ska. Like we kind of were trying to be ska at first, but then uh, Andrew was really into like the Cherry Pop and Daddies, who are from Eugene, yeah. um, and they were really they were really riding the swing angle at that time. So a lot of our early songs, like you know, they're almost like direct ripoffs of. Cherry Pop and Daddy songs, and we, you know, we acknowledged that a lot at the time. We were like, oh, yeah, this is our, you know, whatever song. And um, right. And um Andrew was the main songwriter. He came up with most of it. So, you know, that's how kind of our, our sound came about, I guess. It wasn't, I don't know if it was so much a conscious effort as playing Ska straight was, you know, kind of hard for him, he said. And so he just swung it because it was easier. There you go. Um, yeah,
2: I get that. That's what he always said. So, yeah, <laughs> I'll take well, it. Well, that's why J- Josh and I... I feel like we we started a southern metal band for similar reasons. It's easier yeah. when you swing. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. It was. We're not metal enough to just go
3: straight. Just,
2: to do straight blast beats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah.
3: Swing all day. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Nice. So, That's cool. Yeah.
3: Well, and that was like obviously like the '90s was like pretty like mid '90s is pretty big heyday for ska and other ska sub genres. So yeah, yeah. Know, so it, was just, um, it just felt like a natural surf music thing to was really big a at the time band. too. If, mm, <laughs> nobody mm. remembers surf? Okay, never mind. <laughs> I didn't know that it had a resurgence in the 90s.
4: Yeah, there was a couple surf bands from Portland. Um, the Surf Trio and this other band called Satan's Pilgrims. And then there was a oh, bunch okay. of other surf oh, bands okay. that kind of were just around. Um, those were the two big ones, though, that were playing like at the same time as we were doing stuff. We almost considered nice. writing a surf song. I loved, I loved, I still love it. I love surf music. Um, Josh, this is your guy. Josh is writing man. a surf record, too. Oh, really? <laughs> he sure <laughs> is. I yeah. wrote yeah. a surf record, yeah. He did. Josh, why do you live in it's, Dallas, it's, man? It's underway.
3: <laughs> uh, it's a big coastal city, you know? It's, it's yeah, great. Okay. <laughs> great inspiration for it. Huge surf culture. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I go out to Lake,
2: lake, lake <laughs> like, you know, I did not surf at up up all. I go out to lake but, uh, possum,
3: the Possum Kingdom uh, Lake. And, <laughs> is that a place? <laughs> that is a real lake around here. Oh, wow. Here. It's possum a real place? Possum Kingdom Lake. Okay. Yeah.
4: Are there a lot of possums there? And they all surf?
3: They're all, Yeah. If there's Serpent a king, there's a literal kingdom of possums. Uh, right in well, there's a lot of
4: possums here, but I wouldn't say there's a kingdom. They're it's not affiliated a with each other. It's a po- possum <laughs> no. fiefdom. It's a fiefdom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're too
1: isolated from each other. Probably, probably, <laughs> oh, yeah. Gosh. They haven't confederated uh, yet. No.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? possums let's talk about yeah, possum possums. um the c- class systems of possums yeah. guys That's so right. here's the really thing we're going to keep
2: we're going to go for the next 45 minutes just about possums it'll be patreon exclusive but yeah perfect <laughs> i
3: think we're we'll get a lot of it. subscribers that way hey <laughs> definitely very cool okay well thank you for like going back i guess we can catch back to up to like I guess getting like, was it easy to kind of get noticed in that scene, or was it just like because you were in a band, you were like, so it wasn't like today, because we were all
4: bands. Christians,
3: we weren't necessarily
4: setting out to be a Christian band, you know, we just played like pizza places and um, like parties and stuff with with the other like with that band, Ten Dollar Mike I was talking about, we played parties with them and stuff, um, but uh, we drew a lot of Christians because we were all Christians and like the other guys in the bands had friends in Campus Crusade and stuff. So mm. we would draw a ton of people um, just based on the fact that we were Christian. So that kind of helped us right. get noticed in Corvallis. And then because um, we had a big following, uh, you know, we, we were able to make a demo and uh, uh, I guess we just kind of, sh- you know, sh- shopped it around and got shows in Salem and and Eugene. And then the, the Portland the Portland people started noticing us, the like the Christian clubs up in Portland and started having us play. Like we opened for a value pack. One time, that was we thought that was kind of big. Um, we opened for Godie Hook
2: oh, nice. in Portland.
1: Yeah, so tell me about Christian clubs. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had the same thought. There no, was a there was this like one it, in it. Portland
4: called the Push. When I was first uh, getting into like Christian music, I guess and MXPX okay. would play there a lot. Um, I don't remember the name of the guy that ran it, um, but he had a festival called Tom Fest that he would. Um, hmm. That that happened in Skamania County, yeah. um, which is uh, just a little ways east of yeah, east of here. Um,
2: I've always thought, how come they don't have a ska festival there? Yeah, I that's I mean, the perfect
4: I know, place. I know. It's begging for it. <laughs> <laughs> there was a ska comp where the cover was two people on the side of the road with a broken down um, moped and that entrance Skamania oh, that's County nice. sign or that's something. Cool. Yeah, okay, good, good for them. Good. Yeah, I think it was like a Pacific Northwest comp
1: or something. But commit to the bit. Yeah, 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 I'm glad someone did it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know it was like begging. Yeah.
2: So I want to know really quick. I want I want to backtrack just a little bit. I want to yeah. get a little bit, um, a little bit nerdy. So y'all's demo, how did y'all record that? Did you guys? So you said you, you went to a studio. Uh, so what was the process of the that studio was? we went to was uh, the college radio station
4: KBVR had a, cool. had like a live studio, and so our oh, demos cool. were just us playing live. Oh, until we had a good take, and then we would um, keep that and use that for our for the track on the on the demo, whatever you know. Nice. We uh, we had a few CDs, and then we'd all go home and like just record as many cassettes as we could, and you know, go to Kinkos, which I don't know if you guys know what that is, but you just photocopy everything. (laughs) You'd make all the all the all the sleeves for the seat for the cassettes and put them in there, and uh, yeah, sell those at shows for like I don't I don't even remember how much, but we called that. Uh, seventh Grade Memories, I think, was the name of our demo. So, Oh,
3: cool. I'll nice. And it was was it all songs that ended up making Fourth from the Last? Or were there any? No, like, there was a bunch of it?
4: covers on it. Like that oh, okay. Jesus Loves Me. Um, <laughs> There's a song. I don't remember what the actual name of it was. But we just called it Lori. Uh, Andrew's girlfriend at the time, Lori, and his wife. Um, he sang it like about her. And it was from some musical. So I don't remember if it was actually called Lori in the musical or what. But we did that. And then we also did a cover of Chick Magnet. <laughs> Nice. That, our, nice. that our drummer zach um sang and then he left and we just kept it on the demo anyway so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah and then there was a it's, you know it's there was a, a few pop, of the so. songs like king of polyester we had then we had the devil song what else Hui. we had that one nice. and flower tattoo we've been doing forever so yeah
3: man this is so cool, Josh. You' so excited right now. This I can tell when Josh, I, I, like, when Josh. I'm just like, that I don't face, know where, to, where do I go next. Like, I don't know. I, I don't he's, don't know he's stunned. Just, I <laughs> want he's to hear so much stuff. Ecstasy. I'm trying to like keep it organized, being like, okay, what's the next logical thing we go from here? But this is all, buddy. We already talked about possums. You can go wherever you want. Yeah, oh, man. whatever you know. You, you want to go, go to next? Possum Kingdom has opened <laughs> the gates to whatever we want to talk about. Oh man. Cool. Okay. Uh, I guess the last thing is that I want to hear. You know, I guess it's like how you started playing music and what, like what did you start with and what like are you consider your main instruments? Oh yeah. So um,
4: like no, I played clarinet. You know, from like the time I was 6th grade, I think I started playing that um, through high school. And uh, my last year of high school, I joined the jazz band and played tenor sax. Um, and then I went to college and I kind of I kept playing clarinet, like in the symphonic band and the OSU marching band. Um, that was, I mean, that's probably the instrument I was best at for a long time was clarinet.
2: Um, so uh, I'm not super familiar with like with woodwinds and, and brass and stuff. Is it a pretty easy transition from clarinet to tenor sax? Or yes. Is it a totally it's in the exact instrument?
4: same key. They're both, they're oh, both cool. in the key of B flat. Oh, so it was like a straight great. across oh, cool. transition. Um, yeah. So I didn't, I, the tenor sax that played was like for the high school's tenor sax. So I didn't have one at first. Um, and I got this alto sax from my cousin. And so I was mm-hmm. in the beginning of the band, we had two alto saxes and trumpet. And so at some point, we were like, we're doing well enough. We've got some money. We should go rent a tenor sax. And,
5: right. <laughs> and then
4: I just played that. You know, we rented it from this shop in town, Grace Wins Music. Yeah. And then we added tenor sax. And I think, I mean, That's that was cool. pretty early on. But yeah, we we're like, we need to be serious. We can't just have two altos. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no.
3: That's clue messing around, guys. Yeah, guy has <laughs> to do the dinner. Well, I think yeah. that's cool cuz I mean, I think that already separates you guys from like other ska bands because I mean, the traditional ska formula is what trumpet, trombone and sax. And you yeah. have trumpet and then like alto, tenor, and then you're doing clarinet. Were you mainly doing tenor or sax or clarinet?
4: I was mainly doing tenor. I played like I played tenor all the time in the band and I would just play clarinet on like as an extra track on some songs. Uh cool. just like one song on the first album I think and maybe a couple on the second album, so
1: not a ton nice. of clarinet
4: in there, but
1: and another nerdy instrument question regarding yes. sex. What is the most challenging component jumping from tenor to alto or vice versa? So What's the, the hardest difference? part was
4: playing the really low notes because you're amateur. It just has to be so much stronger to be able to play those low notes. Mm, and so, right, like at first, um, I had trouble reaching some of the low notes. And like uh, Andrew had written this horn line for the Huey song and it was super low. And so for a long time, I was just like, fucking hate the song. I can't, (laughs) I can't play this part. Yeah. But I mean, eventually I got good enough at it that I could
1: play all the low notes. So yeah, that was the hardest part for me at least. Um, Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Actually, weirdly, I just tracked, I I helped engineer and produce my brother-in-law's record and he plays sax. So he and a buddy of his from his jazz band days in college played trombone, trumpet, and alto sax between the two of them they like kind of jumped around and like it seemed like those lower register notes were really like tricky yeah and he hadn't played in a while too so it was like he was trying to like get back in the
4: in the groove yeah it's it's hard when you're when you haven't played in a while so yeah like I haven't picked up my tenor in forever and when I pick it up it's like I could play like maybe five notes in the middle range and then it's like after that, I just have to really struggle to make it right <laughs> get right. sound out of it. So dig
1: yeah. deep. Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but, uh, the first time I played in a band, I was playing bass guitar, um, in that band, $10 mic I was talking about. And I, I had a friend that played guitar and he wanted to start a ska band. And so I went and bought a bass guitar from some guy in Corvallis and I just kind of taught myself. So I was terrible. Uh, we had some other people in the band that were good and, uh, one of the guys could get us shows. So that band played some shows. Um, and then at some point, like, well, we got we can get a real bass player, and you could play sax. And so I played sax like for one practice, and I was like, ah, I don't know, guys, and um, I just wasn't feeling it in that band anymore. I don't know. Um, right. but I kind of quit, and I struggle with some mental health issues like depression and anxiety, and so mm-hmm. that was kind of part of me like backing out of that band was just being anxious with so many other people in the band that I didn't know at the right. time. It made me yeah. feel uh, just you know, and I didn't even know at the time that I was. Dealing with those kind of things, but looking back right. now, it's like, oh, it's obviously that's why I flaked out on that band. So, right, yeah.
1: And then you there. feel like you gelled with the with the W's,
4: folks. yeah, because uh, you know we all lived together in college at this uh, right. at this place, Avery Lodge. So you know we were living together. I mean, so the the guitarist and ten dollar Mike Eric, he also lived at Avery Lodge. Um, so I I you know I knew him, but it was the other people in the band that I didn't really know that just made me feel. One of them is my brother-in-law now, so I know him really well now. But um, at the time, <laughs> no I barely knew him, so yeah. But yeah, and actually this guy, Eric, <laughs> he was the guy that came up with the name The W's. He went around calling Christians W's because we were wusses. Because <laughs> a lot of them, a lot of the, the Christians at college oh, wouldn't drink man. and stuff, you know, and do all that kind right. of stuff. And so our, our original name was Dog Trout, which Zach, the drummer that okay. we quit and moved to Seattle, <laughs> no way. he always dreamed of having a band called Dog Trout because... He was a missionary kid and he lived in Papua New Guinea for a long time. And I guess trout is their word for, for vomit. And so he was like, as a dog (laughs) returns with vomit, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So we could be dog trout. We're like, okay, whatever. That's a name. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, we were playing (laughs) shows we played a show with $10 mic, and Eric made posters and instead of putting dog trout on it, he put the W's really big. Oh my God. And so so that name just kind of stuck, you know, we're like, that's a better name than dog trout. I'm sorry. We're going (laughs) with that. Yep.
2: Yeah. I think it it's is a, a, another, another multi-dimensional. Exactly. Uh, yes. And what about in the verse where we were state dog, state dog trout? trout. Yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Who oh, knows? Man. Maybe y'all are like in that multiverse, you're bigger than Taylor Swift is here. <laughs> I don't know that dog trout can that be me. bigger than
2: anything, but that's a nice <laughs> that's thought. A great name. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. a yeah. terribly yeah. great name. To yeah. <laughs> It's my a very aspirational worldview. I love it. Of, that's yeah. right. You that's want to right, believe in a right.
3: world where people love the name Dog Trout.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> Zach really liked
3: it. The name. Um, <laughs> but sure, sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's
4: so, so
0: funny. funny.
4: So uh, here's a story that I would tell a lot in the beginning when we were getting interviewed. Um, so this is before we got signed to Five Minute Walk, before we had played in California. We were playing this show in Salem. And at the time, in the 90s, there was a lot of uh, skinhead activity around Salem, Oregon and kind of up and down the Mm -hmm. valley. Um, and they would come to shows and just kind of start fights and stuff. So we were playing this show. Um, the opening band was our, our friend's band called Lando Calrissian. And they, they opened and the, you know, the skinheads are trying to start stuff. And the guy, the front man for Lando was like, he was just really good at calming everybody down and stuff and stuff like that. So he, you know, he kept it pretty calm. And then we were next. And then the band after us was the ready men They're a ska punk band from Eugene, mostly punk probably, but they were, a bunch of them were Hispanic. And so, you know, the skinheads were probably there to like beef with them or something. I don't don't know for sure, but, um, so we're playing our set and then all of a sudden Brian breaks a drumstick and so he throws it. Oh, if Brian was in the band though, he must've been signed by Five Minute Walk at that point. Anyway, Brian breaks a drumstick and he throws it out into the crowd because that's what you do when you break a drumstick, I guess. And it... So I don't know if it actually hit one of the skinheads or what, one of the skinhead girls, but one of the skinhead girls comes to the front of the crowd and she's got like blood dripping down her face and stuff. She's got the stick in her hand and then she just starts wailing on like these two girls that were up there and the other skinheads come up and they're beating them up and these guys come in and they're separating them. And Andrew just kind of freaks out. And he's like, I got to tune my guitar. I got to tune my guitar. He runs off and he's like, tuning his guitar in the corner. Oh. But Brian and Todd just kept playing. So I just start kind of soloing, like you know, just like improvising <laughs> over that. Um, For like, I don't know. I think we were in the middle of King of Polyester or something, but that was, that was scary. And we finished our set and the That's promoter so just like, the promoter just like comes over and gets us like, okay, you guys go over to the side room and just hide here. Cause the skinheads are going to kill you if you don't do that. So <laughs> oh so we go in there and we're in there with the girls that got beat up. And one of them's like she was beat up pretty bad. Oh, no. And so we're like, Here's a free T shirt. We're sorry. It um, <laughs> oh, we felt man. awful, you know. And then and then the skinheads were out back trying the to next. pick a fight with the ready men. And the ready men were like, Yeah, we hate skinheads, let's go. And so
2: so the promoter like had oh, called no. the cops
4: or whatever and yeah, it was a it was a crazy, um crazy that night. That is yeah. insane. That was
2: that was Salem at the time. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> So, how did you get involved with Larry Boy? <laughs> <laughs> Solid pivot. <laughs> Solid pivot. Well, it's just it's just funny because you you don't really think about like bands you listen to at least for me I don't really think about like bands I listen to that specifically have things like that that are uh, like associated with children's media. Yeah. Like yeah, having stories about fucking skinheads we almost got snagged <laughs> out by fight. some skinheads like, one night oh, yeah yeah <laughs> that's that's punk as fuck dude <laughs> that's uh i mean
4: yeah that was the that was the scene then so yeah you wanted to know about the scene in Oregon at the time there was yeah, uh totally there were skinheads who would start fights um they're like so, let's yeah. go
3: to the ska show and ska- start a fight guys yeah like, pretty much yeah <laughs> like, um
4: they never came to the christian what? shows or the shows at the christian clubs um you know Basically, it was like, I think Christian promoters, Christian clubs is just like in a church basement or whatever, you know, kind of thing. So, right. There was a lot of that in the 90s. Um,
1: well, and I feel like a lot of the people going to those shows are like 14.
4: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of little right. kids, little well, all young, young people, teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> the youngins. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I listened to your podcast <laughs> where you went over the Larry Boy soundtrack <laughs> awesome. and, I, you know, you were talking about, I wonder if they played that song live. And, uh, oh, yeah. I don't know how this exists, but there's a video of us performing that song live at um, Creation Fest in Illinois, and there's a giant Bob and Larry on stage with us, and Dennis was playing trombone, and Bob and Larry just dancing around their suits, and there's Spanish subtitles for the whole thing. (laughs) I sent a link to Josh, because I was like, you wonder if we played it live? Here's a copy of it. That's amazing. Yeah. It's it's for
2: my own (laughs) application. Yeah. So we did play it live a
4: lot, yeah. And it probably did... Send us down a different route of kids right. really liking our music. But, uh,
3: well, yeah, this is great because we talked about this a lot with like newsboys stuff because, of, like, mm-hmm. when breakfast hit and like we all loved the newsboys when we were kids, and it's like Kylan's on the newsboys. So it's like, is it weird when you're like a serious band? Like maybe you guys were maybe a little more serious than the Newsboys. We were not know. serious. Uh- <laughs> well, you're like you're trying to be a professional <laughs> like band. Like professional you're making your living. Yeah, yeah, we we're we, professional. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah. And like you're and, and you're not trying to go out of your way to write kids' music. But then like for the Newsboys, they go and they like half the crowd is a bunch of eight nine year olds. Like, is that a, like what was that like? I guess for oh yeah, y'all. If I y'all mean, experienced we, that. Yeah. We just wrote
4: what we wrote, and we were always we were always pretty silly. Anyway, like we didn't take ourselves too seriously. Um, you know, and we weren't, we weren't afraid to be the butt of a joke on stage or whatever, you know? So, um, right. yeah, we are just goofy. And so, I mean, I think that kind of, that kind of fits with kids music. Like I have, yeah, my kids are really old now, but, um, when they were little, yeah, we would see Chris, not Christian, we would see kids musicians and they were always, yeah, goofy and stuff. So just
2: silly. Well, I feel yeah. like yeah. it
1: also lends up with the ethos of ska too, just in general, like yeah, the music sort of lends itself to. Silliness and then swing base. is yeah. actually kind of more classy, like I associate that with like, yeah we weren't, the like, pack. we weren't rat we weren't exactly swing, like but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were
4: trying to be sling, so y'all are uh, like uh, yeah.
1: towing the line between those two things. So, you're, yeah, like, we were silly but classy, <laughs> we were Billy. so
2: <laughs> swingability, <laughs> there you yeah, go, yes, so. hashtag
1: swingability, yep,
3: hashtag. got it in the whole there. episode, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice, damn, he did, what a wild world we live in. Yeah, kylan where do so we go funny. from here uh i know you have a game how do we
2: disappear <laughs> oh yeah i want to play, oh. <laughs> play a game
3: i do have a game okay so kylan is normally our game master but he is busy in the middle of a move and i uh took the liberty i had an idea pop in my head and you know i just ran with it so i have a game if you guys would like to play a game yes would love to
2: play a game Please, all right Josh. all right
3: yes. i bet you can't guess what the category or the name of the game is. Um, It is going to be called... The game is called Fourth from the Last. Surprise, surprise. Mm. All right. So I have five questions. Uh, Each have four multiple choice answers. I'm going to tell you a category, and you're going to have to tell me what is the correct answer that it is Fourth from the Last from. Oh, okay. Mm. So I'm really trying to like... (laughs) dive into like kind of lean into my Kyon energy with this so it's no yeah. mxp I sex but no mxp sex it's anything
2: it's anything on <laughs> no, the planet <laughs> that is the most unhinged thing i've ever done on the podcast <laughs> uh I, I don't know if you there, we did uh i did listen to that episode yeah
4: tyler's yeah, awesome nice that yeah is straight yeah, up tyler the was most great i love that he brought up I've the w's done. and he's like yeah, I wasn't into those guys.
2: <laughs> I know.
3: <laughs> I know. I love that you listened to that one, and that was one of the ones we talked about. The W's. I was like, I want
4: to <laughs> hear what one of these album podcasts sound like. And I'm like, oh, I love Life in General. I'll listen to this one. And you're just going along, and then he's just like, yeah, I didn't like those guys. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I know. Thanks. Thanks.
3: Yeah. Noted. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah.
4: Thanks. That's so funny. <laughs> Take it back, Tyler.
3: Take it yeah, back. Whatever. I mean, yeah. You've been Not called out, Tyler. Like <laughs> <I guess. laughs> That's true. Okay, so it's no MXP sex, but it's fourth from the last. All right, so are you guys ready? Yes, so ready. My first question so is ready. fourth from The Last of Us. So, the HBO show Last of Us recently came out, mm-hmm. and I'm going to name you four episode titles, and you have to tell me which episode title was the fourth from the last episode. Fourth from
2: the last episode. Okay. Yes. I can do this.
3: All right. This All is right. such a perfect question. <laughs> first option so, A is When We Are in Need, B is Endure and Survive, C is Kin. And D is left behind. Which one of these is the fourth from the last episode?
4: I think um, it's B.
3: Endure and Survive?
4: Yeah. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Was it Kin? No. I was, think it's
2: Kin. When we I'm are in
3: the endurance, survive, Kin, and well, Left I'm trying behind. to
2: think. Wait, is Kin the
3: name of. How many people okay. actually watched it? How many of y'all Can we seen I watched it? all seen it? Can we spoil it? things? Um, it? No, or, I haven't watched spoilers. it yet. Spoilers. Th- oh. oh.
4: Who okay. hasn't watched it? I haven't watched it yet. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay um yeah i think i think kylan's right i think it might be
3: kin i also think it's kin i think it's because
2: there were yeah yeah uh, let's go with kin man wow I, think,
3: I thought this was gonna be a shot in the dark question but y'all are all right are he you serious Ken. it is yeah Ken. wow because you, you can't yeah, ask exactly. me yeah exactly the
4: guy with his little brother yeah yeah that's what yeah, i was yeah. yeah the brother
3: dang you can't I ask should... me a pop culture yeah. question dude All right, all right. I was trying to like think of ones that like that was really good though. That was a good yeah, to try
1: to stump you, you know, like otherwise. All my
3: questions, I feel like I was trying to get ones that would be, um, let's see, I'm gonna do well. We've all watched the last one, so I'm trying all of these, I'm trying to get like something that is like on equal footing for all 'all, y'all. Okay, so you guys all did really great on this one. I don't know if you're gonna do really great on this (laughs) this next one. Okay, the name of this question is fourth from. The last one alive, which is a Demon Hunter song. So, you're going to tell me what is the fourth from the last Demon Hunter record. And I'm for the record out nope. there, for everyone listening, I'm not counting songs of death and resurrection since it's like re recordings. So, okay. Options are we're doing studio, proper studio original of albums. Of course. Here. Of course. Okay. Option A is extremist, B is peace, C is war, and D is outlive. Can you go through those all one more time? Yes, extremist, peace, war, and outlive. I'm gonna go with C, war. Yeah, I'm, I'm going go war. With... That's
2: what
4: you do on multiple choice. We know what There you answer. go. Yeah,
2: I'm
3: gonna go with B. I'm gonna go with peace. Okay, none war of peace. y'all are right. Oh, it is it. outlive, which came out in 2017. Oh, all damn. right, I don't even know oh, who that. Stumped band is, us. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get ones of all of these. Okay. All right. Cool. Good. Next question. I think of other last things. I'm trying to game the game right now. No, no, no! You cannot do it, Kylan. <laughs> this one, you might be ready for this one. Fourth from the last of the Mohicans. We're going to go oh, Daniel yes. Day Lewis movies. Okay. What is oh, okay. Daniel Day Lewis's fourth from the last? The fourth for, from the last Daniel really Day Lewis movie. Yes. Okay. So, A. There will be blood. B. Gangs of New York. C. Ballad of Jack and Rose. And D. Nine. I'm going. There know. will be blood.
2: New, I might go there will be blood.
3: No, it's not there will be blood. There will be blood, gangs of New York, Ballad of Jack and Rose, or nine. I'm
4: gonna
2: go gangs of New York, but I'm not,
3: I think it's either gangs of New
2: York or nine. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think after gangs of New York, I think nine is after gangs of New York, but then there's nine. Uh, there will be blood, phantom. I'm gonna gonna put a time mode on this. I think there's one more. Okay,
3: I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say gangs of New York as well. Val, you're saying gangs of New York? Yeah. And T.J. Shane, saying There Will Be Blood? Mm-hmm. T.J., you're correct. It ah. is There Will Be Blood. There, okay, what are, Gangs, was, no? well, Gangs of New York, York was... I know. Well, Gangs in so New York was very particular. Yeah. So what was 2002.
2: What are his last four movies?
3: Uh, so it's Gangs of New York, Ballad of Jack and Rose, right. There Will Be blood, blood, Nine, and then Lincoln and Phantom Thread.
2: Lincoln. I forgot about Lincoln. Lincoln. Lincoln yep. Yep. Okay. yep, yep.
3: Okay. All right. That was a good question. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. This one is fourth from the last, the lost, the least, which is a Reliant K song. So we're going to be fourth from the last of the newest member of Reliant K, and for everyone else, the newest member to join the band. (laughs) So we're not counting Tom Bray since he. to my knowledge, has never appeared in any band pictures, like official pictures of the band. Correct me if I am wrong. And also, Sadie I Hawkins, don't know who that is. <laughs> Which <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say that's a
1: name I haven't heard until this moment. I don't so. think
3: he's on. Yeah, I don't think he's ever officially a member. So correct me if I am wrong. Danny, C. Daniel Day Lewis, C. Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> All right, options yes. are Ethan Luck, John Warren, John Schneck, or Dave Douglas. Ethan Luck. I don't really not. I am not comfortable it's with not that. Dave but du- I am to say it's it. Not
2: Dave Douglas. I am gonna. I am gonna say John Schneck.
3: Okay, it's obviously not Dave. Can you read the names again, Josh? Ethan Luck, John Warren, John Schneck, and Dave Maybe Douglas. John Warren. I'm going to say Schneck. You're saying Schneck? Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm going. Val Warren. says Ethan. You're going Warren. It actually is Dave Douglas, guys. Oh my they god! They have not had that, that really... many people join. He, Dave Douglas seriously? joined in 2000, and he's right. the fourth from the last person to join officially. Oh, seriously? Yeah. We're right, so bad guys. at this game. I thought it's there were so, so many
1: bad. new members that I just yeah. didn't know about. No. I underestimated.
3: Yeah, and I'm going off or official like band members, so there's probably some great area where people can argue with me on this. But this is D- my, yeah, Danny's yelling me. at the at the podcast I know, right Danny. now. <laughs> Danny, Ethan Luck an official band member. Sorry, Danny. He definitely was. For he a was while. okay. He played on their tour last. I know night, he played on so. tour with
4: them. Was he on an album?
3: Yeah, he was on a couple albums. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm, Yep. All right, so leading into the, our last question, TJ has two points and Val and Kylan have one point. God. Woo-woo. So, TJ, this could tie it up or you could, you could kill it. This what, what is a category if we tie. TJ? Do you have a tiebreaker? I, I don't. we, we just, all fizzle, just win. Out. Yeah, <laughs> fizzle out. Yeah, fizzle out. I'd need TJ to win, so he, there's okay. no okay. ties. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. I know he'll do really good in this category. This is fourth from the last song which is a Nicholas Sparks book. So we're going to do Jesus the fourth God. from the last book Nicholas Sparks wrote.
2: Okay. Options Ugh. are
3: A, two by two, B, every breath, C, the return, and D, the wish. D, the wish. Okay. Guys,
2: I'm a big Nicholas Sparks guy.
3: Yeah, he knows. Clearly. I've been trying
2: to pivot this into a Nicholas You Sparks didn't podcast. hesitate
1: for a second on that, man. I'll <laughs> go with that, too. I'll go with the wish, because that's a new Disney movie, too, so... <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, that's right.
1: I'm going to go every breath. All right.
3: TJ, that is correct. <laughs>
2: oh, my God.
1: <laughs> you
3: win the game three times. Kyler, I trusted you. <laughs> you. I know you should, should not. TJ is okay. a big <laughs> Nicholas Sparks fan.
2: <laughs> Busted. A complete guess. Yeah. That oh, was good. Thank you. Thanks, guys. That was, was, yeah, was four from the last. That a round of applause. That was a very good game, Josh. Mm. Thank you. We need to utilize that. For uh, one of our trivia nights, I feel like I, Josh, I was like, "Do we say from this from for last. trivia
1: or?" And the mm-hmm. last shall be first because that game ruled.
2: <laughs> I was trying to think of like, thanks fourth from that. the last Jedi. I, I was mm, hoping there was going to oh, be a Star Wars. That would have been good. Question. That would have been
3: good. I might have been good was, <laughs> that one. I was trying to run the gamut of like movies, books, music. Yeah, I think, but that would, <laughs> Nicholas yeah, that Sparks really to good. Nicholas. Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> to Demon <laughs> Hunter. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I get that is some real Kylan energy.
2: I love. I was trying. you know,
3: I was trying. Here so you
2: nailed did. it. Well, uh, Val, I'm sorry we both lost the game.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. But you guys are both going to be ejected for losing. Yep. So it's just going right, to be me so talking about the record. So. Yep. <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you and TJ. Yeah. Yep.
2: Or just Val, the
1: two of us.
2: Typically what happens is if someone loses the game, then they have to take my place on the podcast moving forward um so good Um, luck
4: (laughs) (laughs) i don't i mean not that i don't want to be on your podcast i just (laughs) don't want to be on any podcast (laughs) i get right now i get it yeah (laughs) Yeah. understandable Um, i get that so nothing against you
2: guys (laughs) (laughs) so should we transition into the record let's do that deal cool we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will listen to Fourth from the Last with Val from the band. This is a first for us. We're super excited to actually talk about an album with someone that recorded said album. I'm excited to hear you guys say it flops. <laughs> Woo! Hey Jammers, Kylan here, interrupting this very awesome episode to talk briefly about our sponsor, CollideRecords.com. Now, I don't have anything specific. To highlight this week, but I just want to say, if you haven't gone to ClydeRecords.com, why not? If you're listening to this show, they are the perfect place to go. As you know, here at CJN, we are huge fans of physical media. They have vinyl, they have CDs, they have CCM, they have 90s, they have 2000s. What else could you want if you're a fan of this show? And check this out. At checkout, if you type in promo code CHURCHJAMS now, you'll get not 10%, not 15%, you will get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, promo code CHURCHJAMSNOW and check out for 20% off your first purchase at CollideRecords.com. right, that's all I got. Let's get back to the show. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed those sweet dulcet tones of us talking about ads and stuff. That was smoother (laughs) in my head. It was a lot smoother (laughs) in my head. Uh, It was beautiful, Welcome back. Thanks. (laughs) So, uh, we're doing things a little bit differently. It has not been a week since we recorded part A, uh, but we have listened to this record, and we're going to go through it track by track. But
3: before we do that, Josh, I bet you have some sweet research for us. I do. I'm so excited to share it. It's great. I don't have to talk about the origin and the career of the band because we already did that with Val, and I wasn't going to be like, did you guys know that the W's were formed in... I'm just going to tell you Val, should the, the history of Would his own just, band. Tell him it. his own life. You should. I like <laughs> yeah, that bit. I think no, you should just do the I'm research like you normally do. Definitely not going <laughs> to do that because I didn't do it because I knew Val was going to be here. Uh, but I am going to mention all the members and as they are credited in fourth from the last because you guys got some fun little nicknames for this record. Oh yeah. So we got Andrew Shar. Is it Shar? Yeah. Andrew Shar, aka Little A, on vocals and guitar. <laughs> Brett Barker, right. aka Smiley. On trumpet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. James Carter, a.k.a. Yabo, on alto sax and BGVs. Our very own Val Hellman, a.k.a. Valentino. That's what we're going to call you from now on. Sure. Uh, On tenor sax and clarinet. This is my favorite one. Todd Gruner, a.k.a. Rod W., Todd went from Todd to Rod. Todd to Rod. <laughs> I don't know why. A lateral move. I love that. I don't know if you, you know, know
4: why. you crazy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Pete just started calling him Todd the Rod at one point, and it stuck.
3: <laughs> a lateral that. move. <laughs> lateral <laughs> naming. That's good. Yeah. Uh, he's playing bass, and Brian Mor- Morris, a.k.a. Nigel, is playing drums. <laughs> why Nigel, Nigel, too? That's a good one.
4: So That's a great I remember name. most of those nicknames except for Bretts. I do not remember calling him Smiley. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I forgot about so, that. So I want to know. Can we talk about the origin of those nicknames a little bit? Is that just like, well, young dudes no, that's being fine, silly? Yeah. Or do you?
4: Andrew was really <laughs> little. I don't know if you ever saw pictures of us, but um, he was really little. And I think I'm gonna go back to Eric, the guy from from a uh, ten dollar mic. I think he started calling mm-hmm. Andrew Little A at some point, and then everyone was like, "Yeah, he's little." You know where we lived. so but he loves ha 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 ha.
1: Observational humor.
4: <laughs> I don't know that Andrew loved it that much, but um, yeah, that's funny. I love yeah. that. And then I don't know where Brett got <laughs> his nickname from. I don't remember that. James Yabo was a character in *Gleaming the Cube*, I think, like a skateboard mechanic. Okay. And James loved to skate. Oh, okay. I don't know why. There you go. I know we called Brian Nigel, but I don't remember why. If it was a Spinal <laughs> Tap reference or something, I don't remember. Oh, nice and I think my name is it. pretty. Valentino is just. Like the Italianized version it's of my the, German name. The classy so. swing yeah.
3: version yeah. of it. Yeah, it's classy. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. <a> swing bell. <laughs> Yeah, classy, sweet. All right, I, uh, I'll talk about the record a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, "Force from the Last," which we're covering for its 25th anniversary, was released on July 28, 1998. This episode is going to come out right around that time to celebrate its 25 years proper. Awesome. This was first of two LPs by the W's, released on Five Minute Walk and Cerebellum Records as well. Producer was Masaki Lu, I believe. Um, And he produced, I think, basically everything Five Iron did from Upbeats and Beatdowns to The End Is Near and The End Is Here. Basically everything they did in the first part of their career. Uh, He also did all three Brave Saint Saturn records. So Reese worked with him for those. And for his Roper record, Brace Yourself for the Mediocre. Nice. And the W's also tracked with him for Trouble With X. Unless Val corrects me on that. So it's really scary, like, saying facts about a band when Val's like, that's not right. Nope, you're, you got it all right so far. <laughs> Perfect. Incorrect. Perfect. Uh, I normally talk about charts. I didn't find any charting for this on for Billboard 200 or Billboard Christian. Um, and we can talk about this now or later, but I am curious what the response was like to y'all when the record came out and how y'all felt about it. Charted, it
4: charted. Uh, I've got the Billboard magazine still because my mom oh, saved sweet. them all. It charted, like, I want to say 41 or something when it came out. Oh, nice. Um, On two hundred In nice. like, the 200, yeah. And then in the Christian, Whoa. it was, like, near the top. I don't remember if it was, like, number one or number two or five or something. Like it was in the top five, I think. And it stayed in the billboards for quite a few. I have, a, I have, like, four or five different of those billboard magazines in my garage. So that's nice. awesome. Yeah.
3: Look at that. We should just always have a member of the band on whenever we're talking about a yeah. record. <laughs> <I> <laughs> know, right? so yeah, it this is so great. much better. It is so much better. It's not on Spotify. I don't have any Spotify stats. So my question is, how do we make it happen to get on Spotify, you know?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why it's not on Spotify. It used to be. I think there's another band called The W's with an apostrophe S. Um, mm. And I think maybe because they're active or something, <laughs> they took our spot and uh, they get to have music oh. on streaming services. Because, yeah, I was floor. looking... I was like, I need to listen to the album, and I couldn't find a CD at the time. So I was looking online, and I couldn't find it on Spotify or Amazon Music or iTunes or anything. So I was like, Oh, there's this other band. Maybe, maybe maybe we just don't get to be on. Yeah,
1: yeah, they should have their thing figured out better than that. That's not right.
4: (laughs) I don't know if that's what's happening. That's me speculating, um, but I don't know. Sure. Yeah, I know it used to be on Spotify.
2: Mm -hmm. Weird. Well, for. Yeah, for people that want to listen along, guys, you can you can get the CD on on eBay. Uh, <laughs> go so get it. Go
3: go buy it. Go buy it. I got a box it. of sure cassettes, cassettes in my garage there. too.
5: <laughs>
3: there you That's go. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, if people want to get a hand on one of your cassettes, Val, how do they how do they reach out to you? valentinoscassettes.com. <laughs> I <laughs> The I don't East want to just uh around. give out
4: my email to anyone, but uh can they can they contact you guys through the yeah, podcast? Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll, pass, yeah. It, we'll
3: pass them yeah. on. Hit us on. We'll we we'll okay.
4: bet.
2: We'll make sure it's not like crazy people. We're the third party <laughs> that they will fans. We'll, yeah, yeah. we'll be only the broker. Fans. We'll, we'll you guys are already a
4: point online, so yeah. <laughs> I mean I I offered on Facebook at to uh, you know, to my friends and stuff. I'm like, Is anybody want one of these tapes? Just give me your address and I'll mail it to you. And my cousin is the only person that was like yeah, here's my address. So I sent him tapes and <laughs> nice. then and then Josh was like, Oh, I've been looking for these in cassette. And I'm like, here, here's a box full of crap. And I just sent him <laughs> That was awesome. Tapes and stickers and a poster and stuff and yeah. uh Yeah. He, let me tell you, it was yeah, like, he showed us it was like Christmas for Josh. He was Swagged so excited. It, man. <laughs> I'm just happy so to mad. like it's not just sitting on a shelf in my garage anymore, you know? Right. It's sitting on my yeah, shelf now. And nothing was happening with any of it, so yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's on your shelf now. Good. It moves shelves.
2: Yeah.
3: (laughs) That's cool. Okay. That's basically everything I got. Sweet.
2: Well, let's get into the record then. Uh, So we're going to start. I hope you guys keep an open mind because we're going to start with track number one, Open (laughs) mind. I love this opening. This is such a good. You guys know how I feel about album openers, and intros, and intros. It's such a good Thanks. intro, man. Thanks.
1: It is great. Probably wasn't my it starts choice.
2: Starts with but... just that guitar. <laughs> that that guitar tone is amazing. And then when those drums, the the snare sound on those drums is like you know exactly what you're getting in for.
1: It's true. Thank
2: you, Masaki. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. Great
1: job. Dialed in those tones. It's really good. It sounds really good. Yeah. So this
4: song has the word suck in it, which got yes, us banned from a bunch mm-hmm. of Christian bookstores. That's a, I was going hey, <laughs> to ask
2: what it was, because that's on y'all's Wikipedia page that I got pulled oh, is.
4: from a bunch of places. Yeah, this song, and there's another song, uh, Huey says, you're going to get your butts kicked. And so we were told because of suck and oh, because yeah. of butts that this um, <laughs> bookstore line wouldn't carry our, our CD. So Nice. That's they amazing. lost out, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is a song that uh, we wrote kind of going into the studio. Andrew kind of, you know, came up with everything. He'd been listening to a lot of the daddies, I assume. And it was just, you know, it was kind of a song about, like, the people in, in Corvallis and Salem and stuff that would, like, listen to us. They'd be like, you guys are awesome. And then they'd be like, what's up with this devil song? And we'd be like, oh, we're all, we're all Christians or whatever. And they'd be like, "Oh, oh, you guys suck now. And so, like it wasn't. I know, like now, there's a lot of like Christians are like we're persecuted, you know. And it's not. Right. It was right. never intended to be like that. I don't think. Even though we were like signed and going to record a record, I don't think we thought, you know, lots of people were going to listen to this song and, right, <laughs> and walk away from it with this idea that uh, whatever, you know, it was just kind of like a, a very localized song in our in our minds, um, right.
1: Yeah, it was more personal. It wasn't supposed to be like an anthem for persecution.
4: Yeah, no, which I'm sorry if that's the way people have taken it since then. Um,
2: But I like it. It fits in with the whole ethos of like calling yourselves the W's. Like now that we have
3: the context of where the name came from. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, and it seems like at least the way I read the lyrics is that like it's it's the typical like i've heard of this with a lot of other bands like the verse one seems like you're too christian for the non-christians and verse two seems like you're not christian enough for the christians oh that was which i know like a, a lot of career. bands find themselves in so yeah. i feel like yeah you're kind of like stuck on like you're not like straddling neither the line. works yeah 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 we yeah we got in a lot of trouble in both circles so
1: <laughs> well and it's also like you had you had the double layer of like different religious cultures but then you also were artists right and like the the sort of artsy fartsy creative type is also misunderstood frequently yeah so right. like multiple layers on this one song that people could relate to whether or not they identify as any of those things yeah sure sorry i'm i'm doing my classic uh over analysis of the no, lyrics here. It, no DJ. no that's no, good so um
4: good. <laughs> i mean i so said i think andrew wrote all the lyrics for this so you know, I know what the subject matter was, but uh, I don't know about all the deep meanings of it, so. Right. Right. But that's, I mean, I like that interpretation. Yeah. Sweet.
2: Do you have uh, any context on, like, the the idea of making this the first track?
4: So, I do not remember at all why this record is sequenced the way it is or anything. I'm sorry. Um, that's fine. No, 25 no, years ago. I mean, it's, it's 25 years. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I do not remember, no. That's that's more than
2: fine. It's a great worst opener. case
1: scenario. We yeah. could get your like your complete guess with no. <laughs> actual... I have no idea because my <laughs> wife and I
4: were listening to this the other day, and she's like, "This is a terrible opening for this album."
3: <laughs> <should've>, oh, really? <laughs> she thought we should, should have I opened disagree?
4: with one of the like the fun songs. Um, oh, so, I love yeah. it as the opener. What well, do good, you like I'm it as an uh, opener? Or do you? What would you? I'll put tell her she's wrong. What do you think? Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I like it's been 25 years This, uh, I started listening to it and I was like oh that I don't know all these songs are like really ingrained in my head too so as soon as I start hearing them it's like oh yeah I remember playing that and stuff and uh, I don't know it kind of takes it out of context for me I guess Right. right. You, you're, you, you think about 2D. them
1: more like in relation to live yes exactly yeah yeah, yeah.
3: Right. what did y'all open with when you would play if you remember I don't remember that either <laughs> <laughs> i have no problem. i have some set lists out in the
4: garage i should go look
3: um nice. i don't remember sorry that's fine. no 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 problem at all <laughs> yeah. i i really like it as the opener that's funny Me too so i love that this song has like some swagger to it like yes like you can just like snap your fingers i bet kylan really likes the triplet hits in the chorus i was gonna mm-hmm. say that that was my next <laughs> thing i was gonna bring up i knew
2: you would triplet hits are the best man every song Every song should have triplets, at least one part of the song, <laughs> just like "Open Minded" does. Da, 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 da. Like, oh, it's so good, uh, sweet. Do we have anything else about "Open Minded"? Great song, great intro. I'm gonna stay open minded about right. whatever
1: the next track is.
2: What? You don't <laughs> well, know. Well, the next track <laughs> is, of course, "The Devil Is Bad."
0: The devil is bad. Hey. You all the devil and the devil is bad. Hey. You all the devil and the devil is bad. Hey. You the devil and you are bad.
4: Which we called the devil song forever. And the label was like, you can't call it that. <laughs> you, can't call it <laughs> you can't call it that. You can't call that.
3: They <laughs> thought it was pro-devil. I <laughs> yeah, you just devil you know song? it
4: sent the wrong I don't know. They're like, you gotta call it the devil is bad. And so we're like, whatever. We just wanna be signed and tour, so sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think Sounds we made a lot crazy. of concessions <laughs> sessions because <laughs> we just wanted to tour. <laughs> I get that. Probably the right move. Another thing about this song, this horn line, was actually written by Zach, the the drummer. <laughs> he wrote it on guitar, oh, wow. and we were just like, "Oh, I mean, it was a little bit different." Um, and then Brett and I kind of Brett and I kind of turned it into what it is to kind of like I don't know. We were like doing a silly version of what he had written, and it just kind of like stuck. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
3: that's great. Yeah. I love that. So how did, like, the dynamics... So you're saying, like, Andrew would write the songs. Like, would he write the core of the song? Like, how would the songs come together?
4: So a lot of the early ones, he would write, like... He would come to us, and he had, like, you know, the guitar part and, the like, the vocals, a lot of the lyrics um, for the songs on this album. And then, uh, like, I would write a lot of horn lines in the very beginning. Um, and then Brett came along, and, you know, he kind of helped me out and stuff. And then at some point, Andrew was like, oh, I got an idea for horn lines now, too. And Andrew started, like doing more and more of writing everything so hmm. if, it, if you ever hear a horn line and it's like really stupid simple and you're almost like this is dumb and that's probably one that i wrote at the time because i didn't really know what i was doing at all back then and i like i was listening to these now and i was like oh that's one of mine that's
1: dumb
3: yeah <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I mean, the simple stuff is all you need you know i mean,
4: yeah
1: i think simple can be really hooky and effective it's it's
3: economical
1: I, I was coming at it from a, it. I really loved Real Big Fish, and I thought mm, I really loved yeah. their horn lines,
4: and so I was always kind of trying to emulate their horn lines, I think. I don't mm. I don't know that I ever
1: actually did it, but um, yeah, that was my goal, I think, at the time. I can totally see it. Like, I can hear the influence. I think it makes a lot of sense.
2: So, can I take us off on a little bit of a tangent?
1: I wouldn't uh, expect wait, anything okay? less. <laughs>
2: kind of. uh, so, Val, are you familiar with Genius.com at all? No, what's that? Um, okay, so it's a website where people post lyrics of songs, and okay. similar to like Wikipedia or something like it's like a wiki. Basically, uh, anyone can sort of annotate interpretations or like extra context for lyrics and stuff. Okay, uh, but a lot of times it's very similar to something like Yahoo Answers in that the annotations are batshit insane, bonkers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And so there are quite a few annotations that all have the flag that they are unreviewed for this song. Okay. So I wanted I wanted to run some of these annotations <laughs> by you and see <laughs> what your opinion of some of these are. Okay. So Let's go. the very the very first annotation is uh, okay on the first line she she was walking in the garden one day. Uh, the annotation from one contributor is. This may imply Eve was a New Yorker from the phrase hey, I'm walking here." <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think that was uh, Andrew's intent at all. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, the fit. next it's one. A, it's a sh- it's too sure? strong of an implication to. Ignore, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Though. I'm Let's pretty all agree sure on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, when I a snake, when a snake slithered round her feet, slithered round her feet. The annotation is: by the imagery of this line, the snake is seen as below as the woman, which implies men, as the snake is referred to as a he are below women.
3: What the fuck?
2: What? <laughs> People on the internet it are I really. If I, could that. This. Uh, okay. I don't think I can follow that. Okay, by the imagery can. of the well, there's some typos <laughs> in here, but let me see if I can I can clean it up. By the imagery of this line, the snake is seen as below the woman, and the snake is referred to as he.
4: Yeah, uh, because he's the devil. I mean, in in our version, but
2: the line implies that men are below women. I, I don't think Andrew was trying to get that point across. I, I don't sure. think anyone was. I don't think. No, I, I think no. this person, their headcanon is more insane than dog trout being bigger than <laughs> <yet>. Uh <laughs> Hey,
1: it's not okay. insane, man. It's aspirational. There you go. Uh, okay, I just have two more, and then, and then and then we'll
2: we'll we'll move on from this. This okay. is all in the first verse, though. You you guys Did can they put annotate on the whole Genius. song. Yeah, dude. Oh my um, god. is it what? the but, same okay. person? I don't know. Oh, I Oh okay. uh Maybe. Let me see. It's gotta be. Uh, most of the no, these are all the first one. The the Eve was a New Yorker was from Bible enthusiast. User Bible enthusiast. And then these next Wait a ones minute. are from. <laughs> Why would Eve be a New Yorker? I Wait don't a minute. Know. Bible enthusiast? I don't know. And also urban cowboy enthusiast. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Follow me right over to this tree and I'll give you something good to eat. The annotation is this is a sexual innuendo as the serpent, parentheses, which is also a snake, <laughs> is trying to give <laughs> Eve something phallic in nature to eat. <laughs> no. <laughs> no
1: <laughs> insane no no. <laughs> no. I don't think that was our intent I don't think that was Andrew's no. intent either.
2: I don't think that's anyone's intent and no. uh, like okay and then the very last one I just uh, like I said if anyone if you have an opportunity to go to genius.com and look up these annotations uh, have quite a time okay the last one is my favorite I don't know are you sure I don't think it's right doesn't matter just open your mouth and take a tasty bite the annotation is: snakes don't, don't take bites; they swallow. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, they just swallow. They unhinge their jaws. Yeah,
3: actually, yeah. yeah. that's from
2: oh, Bible wow. enthusiasts. Uh, wow. Needed to let people know that snakes don't bite; they just swallow.
4: <laughs> Does Bible enthusiast know what he's implying,
1: or she's implying? <laughs> I what
2: they don't are implying know. with that? Okay, I do not I, I'm sure know.
1: they don't. I'm sure they don't. Oh, uh, sorry. Sorry. One, one,
2: one, one last one. Because uh, you are the devil and the devil is bad, the chorus, the annotation again from Bible enthusiast. In Christian faith, the devil is bad. First
3: John three eight. <laughs> <laughs> that is in my notes. I do like that the justification for like not liking the devil in the song is just the devil. like You are the devil and the devil is bad. So like, duh. Like, yeah. I love that is that B simple. C. Yeah.
4: It's great. I don't know how this became our our biggest song. But it did, so...
3: Yeah, I was going to ask, because this was like... Was this what put you all on the map?
4: Yeah,
3: I think so, yeah. I mean, it's like two chords,
4: right? It's right, just like E yeah. and A or something. I don't I don't remember. I don't... I mean, I play guitar, but I didn't play guitar on this song. So I, I, I remember Andrew telling me that's just two chords. And yeah, none of us really understood why it was our biggest. But people loved it, so we'd always play it. And it won us a Dove Award.
2: Yeah, yeah there you yeah. go. So, Yeah. 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 I completely forgot about this song, and then when uh, we were listening, <laughs> how to could it, you I forget I about to this the song? Guys. Oh. Well, <laughs> wow. I just, I've, you know, I've had a lot to drink since I was ten years old. So good point, good point. Okay. I uh, <laughs> not and then this song 11, started, though. and I was like, I feel this song in my bones. Like this was <laughs> such an integral part of my life for a very brief period of time. I'm sure years more than my life for a long (laughs) time. Yeah. Like
4: three or four years. For sure. But I was like,
2: how could I forget like this song? Like I know
3: this whole song, you know, it's like,
2: yep. Complete like sense
3: memory just came flooding back. Yeah. Well, and then like, what do you, do you remember of like, as it was taking off and like being like, Oh, this song is gaining traction or getting radio play or like watching it kind of become the song that it became like, Can you walk us through that? There were so
4: many. um, So what I do remember is that there were a lot of Christians that would come to us and be like, why are you writing a song about the devil? Why don't you write a song, he is Jesus and he is good, or something like that. You are the Jesus, you know, like that kind of stuff. We get a lot of people (laughs) telling us that kind of stuff. And then Hmm. once it like got big and it was, you know, on the Christian radio and stuff, um, similar type people would come to us and be like, at first I didn't understand this song. I don't know why you'd be singing about the devil. But now I get it. The devil is bad.
5: (laughs) And that's why you're
4: singing this song. (laughs) And I'd be like, I I think Andrew just like took some, you know, Bible stories and put them in this song he wrote. And that's where it came from. I don't think, I don't think we had a lot of thought behind it. You know, it was like our first um, Christian song and it was about the devil. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, aside from Jesus loves me, but yeah.
3: Purple Haze version. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, I don't don't know. It just kind of took off. And I mean... I, we had fun playing it, you know, like we had a lot of horn swings oh, yeah. and stuff that we would do. And uh, once we got that's our wireless so mics, it was really fun to play. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah,
3: good run around. Is this the one that's on the wow? Yes, this is
4: on the wow 1999. That, um, yeah,
3: yeah, for the nice. listeners, there is a Dove Award and a platinum record sitting behind Val. Mm-hmm. The platinum
4: record is for the wow 1999 comp. I'm I'm 100% certain that none of our records. Fourth from the last didn't go
3: platinum? Any (laughs) color. I don't think
4: it went any colors or metals um, that I'm aware of. So I think it sold a couple hundred thousand, maybe 250. I don't know, but I don't
1: think that's anything. So
3: enough to chart on billboard. And that's what's in Yes. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah. I mean, and enough so that uh, it was on a playlist that played in my youth room uh, every Wednesday night for a long time. Yep. It was soundtrack for my life, man. (laughs) My uh, oh, wow. my
4: wife is a is a youth pastor um, basically, and we we end up you know doing a lot of like youth activities with our churches, and we'd go somewhere, and I just I would see a W's poster on the wall, and I'd just be like shit, nice. yeah. you know, and I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully <they're>, they don't <laughs> they don't notice me, they don't even know who I am, they're not going to make the connection with the poster, and you know, right? I mean, most of the time, yeah, people did not recognize me at all, so it was fine.
1: But. <laughs> All you have to do is walk around with like a, a hoodie and like big thick sunglasses. That's what most celebrities do. Yeah, yeah. I think I think if you
2: If you would walked around with like a bowling bag, people yeah. people might yeah. be a little more apt to be like,
3: "Are <laughs> that those bowling shirts?" Wait, wait, yeah, yeah. That's the guy. Yeah, yeah. You show up one night wearing the W shirt. You're like, oh man, I should have changed. <laughs> what was I thinking?
2: <laughs> Sweet. Well, we got anything else about the devil is bad? we had a t-shirt of this song
4: that was orange oh, nice. and it was before orange was a big color, I guess everybody was, it had like, it just said the devil is bad on the front and on the back. it had a bowling ball falling on this little caricature of the devil. Um, <laughs> and I, the place where we got the t-shirts from, we were told that uh, the guy from the Aquabats worked there, um, the the commander, <laughs> or the commander, what is he? Yeah. And he was doing a lot of art at the time. So it's possible that he drew that shirt like I like I liked in my head canon that's what happened
2: that he drew that shirt for us but uh the it, art is super cool so I just found it you, there's oh. a, a on eBay someone oh, is selling an man. extra large version of this shirt signed by all of y'all in the w's I for so fifty dollars oh, fifty dollars fifty dollars man that's uh, they're not gonna get that that's a memorabilia <laughs> right there <laughs> I don't know man we got we got that ad budget now. I might buy it now. <laughs> we would sign shirts sometimes. This
4: is like later on in our career. We would just kind of scribble because there'd be so many kids coming at us. And moms right. would bring the shirts back to our booth and be like, I cannot read these autographs. You need to give me a different oh. t-shirt.
2: <laughs> that's insane. I know. <laughs> I know.
3: Undanget yeah. Behavior. The original Karens. Weird flex moms. Yes, they were very <laughs> Karens. Yeah. There was a lot of Karens back then.
2: Oh, that's great. That's crazy. That's, that, to be fair, that is some shit my mom would pull. And I would be so embarrassed if That's she a real did that. That's a real Captain awesome. Savage move. <laughs> she totally would. Um, sweet. All right, guys. Let's move on to track number three, Frank.
0: Frank. was a contractor. Is after you? Frank was a contractor. Is after you?
3: So... My dad. Well, had hold on, Josh. Okay. Hold on. Okay. 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 Okay.
2: What do you think I'm gonna say about this song first? We all know.
3: Uh, is there a little something, something in here, Kylan? Guys, this
2: totally has some sweet, sweet bass. The this,
4: sweetest.
2: this, the sweetest of basses. I love this intro. Oh, it's so good. You hear We'd... how stupid this horn line is, though.
3: <laughs> it's great. What are you talking about?
2: <laughs> I so Todd.
4: This is a Todd song, one that Todd wrote about his next door neighbor Frank, who. I think before we met Frank, you know, he wrote this song. So it was a different Frank, but, uh, yeah, went, uh, like it was in the summer break when everybody was back home and he came over to my house in Albany and it's like, I got this new song and he played it for me. And I was like, we wrote, all, we basically wrote the rest of it, like the horn lines and the guitar parts and stuff. And then went back to the W's and it's like, Hey, this is our song now. Nice. I think James and Brett kind it. of wrote their own solo parts that happened in it later on. But, uh, yeah, a lot of it was Todd and I, just one
3: summer at my house.
2: That's sweet. No, it's a it's great a good song. song. I like it. I like the story that it tells.
3: Yeah, well, and <laughs> we haven't had, I don't think we've had a lot of like, we have a lot of sweet, sweet bass on this podcast, but I don't think we've really had any like walking bass lines. We don't get a lot mm-hmm. of that, but it's, nope. it was a Todd nice change a of pace, like, yeah, there's a lot of that mm-hmm. on this record. And it's nice to like hear it a little bit. And you're like, yeah, he's really good. Yeah, Tom's Todd a good bass AKA rod, was aka Rod. Yes, the Rod, yeah. Laying down the, the road Yep. You guys are all the, this
2: whole record, like, there, there's so many, like, really interesting, tight musical moments where you guys are just mm-hmm. doing, like, weird hits and stuff and all hitting them Thanks. together. It's, it's. Yeah, so really good. locked
4: in. Mm-hmm. Like, we, so but, we tracked all three horns at once. Oh, cool. Like, we didn't oh, track nice. independently. Shows. So, man, we had to do so many retakes because one of us would be like, oh, I breathed or something, you know, or I missed a note. <laughs> and so we just to keep redoing it and redoing it. And, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was long and arduous. And
1: <laughs> I, I I love the impact that it has because it feels live. It feels like you're at a show, but with the production cool. value.
5: Yeah.
1: Of, like the studio wizardry that you had at yeah. your disposal, which is like yeah. the best of both worlds. Like I love albums yeah. like
4: that. I, yeah. I liked, I really liked the way it sounded. I liked the, yeah, the sonic quality of the horns on this album. And I really like a lot mm. of the sonic quality of a lot of this on this album. I think Masaki was a really good producer.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think it all holds up really well. Do you know so I have recorded quite a bit. I've never in my life recorded horns. So I this is like a purely ignorant question. Like what kind of mics do you use to to mic horns? So this is open for anybody too.
4: Yeah, so I didn't know a ton about it at the time. Um we would I tried just hang around the studio as much as I could while everyone else was recording and just try and learn mm-hmm. stuff. But um yeah. you used ribbon mics on the horns. Okay. I think he had gotten like these two ribbon mics, especially for um, recording our horns on this album. Okay. And it was like, they were super expensive and it was like, we couldn't go near them. Like, <laughs> cause <Right. laughs> ribbon mics are fragile. And it was like, I don't want to break those. Yeah. I don't, you know, I mean, right. I know a lot more about ribbon mics now, but I don't, I don't know. I don't remember like what kind they were, but I know right. they were super that's, expensive that's and it was like, I don't want to breathe on those wrong. Cause I don't have that kind of money. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: Even if your album does
4: go platinum, you'll still be in debt. To- which, yeah, which, you know, at the time, we were like, we're going to be lucky if we, you know, if we, like, sell enough to, like, make a profit kind of thing, you know? Like, pay the studio, right. pay the, the label back for the studio time. That's kind of what we were thinking, I think. And just, you know, hopefully that'll happen and we can go on. We just really wanted to tour really bad, so. Yeah. And this was the, the way dream. we saw we could do it, yeah.
3: Totally. Dang, yeah. There's a lot I want to talk about that. But this song, like was one that my dad had the cassette of this when I was a kid. And like, I have just like such like a visceral memory of like me and my brother playing like basketball in the driveway. And my dad just like playing this while he's like working in the garage and whatnot. So like whenever I hear this record, it's like immediately like synonymous with like, Oh, my dad's working in the garage and Caleb and I are playing basketball. And so there's a lot of this record. Cause I was like, I don't know, five, six, seven or whatever that I like don't remember. But like, I definitely remember like Frank from, back in the day like that was a song that i cool. remembered and yeah it's, it's a really like back. fun catchy song and then like i don't know like as like listening to it now i think it's like one of the coolest musically on this record like the, the whole intro is like super fun and then it just like changes and i don't know what right what like if y'all do like a short measure like the there's like a change where it happens and yeah it's just like so smooth and it. There's a lot of fun stuff, like they have the real swanky bridge with the tremolo guitar and the muted trumpet and I think that's that, really, that really stuff may song. have
4: come after like Todd and I worked on it a lot. That was stuff that got added mm-hmm. later by like, you know, Andrew and, and Brett and stuff. Um Right. But yeah. It's the the, yeah, the whole whistles. beginning part is all Todd, you know, those is all his his ideas. So
3: I've just been like, great. let's write a fake intro where we just like let's do it and <laughs> then we change it completely. Yeah. <laughs> I already did you know, he played that for me and I was like, That's awesome, let's do it and yeah. <laughs> Super no, I cool. love that he thinks, like, oh, I'm going to psych him out with this one. <laughs> yeah, you think it's got one vibe and then it doesn't bait and switch, <laughs> different vibe. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a great song. I really like this yeah. one. Uh, have we hit anyone's favorite songs yet? We always talk about favorite songs, Val. I, if you have a favorite song, whenever we get to it, feel free to. <sighs> okay, it out. I don't, I mean,
4: I do have a favorite song. Um, I think it's going to be the very last song we cover.
3: <laughs> Ooh, okay. All right,
2: mm-hmm. all right.
3: We'll see. Oh, we have not that, hit my
2: favorite song yet. Is that a spoiler uh, alert? Okay. We'll we'll, we'll cut it if we need to for narrative
3: okay. attention. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, Josh, TJ, favorite song yet? I was thinking one of y'all was gonna pick Frank because it's a fun one. Frank is up there. It's up there. It's it, as it should be. Yeah. All right. I well. think
1: I think I kind of like open minded. I think that might be
3: open-minded is your favorite favorite. yeah open-minded is your middle name is what you'd say
2: (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) tj open-minded smith smith that's what they call me
2: (laughs) uh sweet well let's move on to track number four jp hey hey you
0: why don't you just grow up hey hey you why don't you just
1: Oh, tj
3: we're just gonna call you jp from now on
1: open-minded
3: yeah be open-minded go with jp <laughs> <laughs> this is another great intro great intro. so far we're um, four for four on great intros <laughs> on this record sure. that was me that was you <laughs> yeah <Really? laughs> yeah i love uh, doing valentino it. valentino yeah. man
4: <laughs> um i'm pretty sure that was me hey I- Brett or I, we both did did that all the time live, so Um, this is a this is, this song had quite an evolution from where it started to where it ended up on this album Um, because there's a lot of like horn lines that I wrote for this Um, originally, I also played harmonica on it in the very beginning live Okay, Um, we recorded a demo with harmonica um, but then like we went to the studio and saki was like but you're not you're not actually a harmonica player you're not (laughs) you're not doing it the way a harmonica (laughs) player would do it which is crossbar i guess and he was like and i was like well show me how to do that and he's like i don't know how to do it so so we were like okay we'll drop the harmonica and he helped us come up with like a different horn line um that could replace that stuff so he was good about pointing us in the right direction of not having us make fools of ourselves
1: (laughs) with stuff like (laughs) bad harmonica playing um you need that person with discernment in the studio. You do. To and help that wasn't any of you, us. You know? so. <laughs> Saki really yeah, helped us out
4: a lot with that. Um, the other thing about this is that uh, the the main lyrics are, there's this guy that lived uh, at Avery Lodge named Jason Powell. Um, we call them JP. And he wrote JP. this poem, which is all these lyrics. It was like when we were kind of, you know, doing well. And uh, Andrew and James were just sleeping all day because they'd been up all night, you know, playing a show or whatever. And he tacked it on their door. Cause he was like, he was like proud, but also kind of like, man, you guys are like bums right now. <laughs> You're living this rock star life. And so he wrote this poem and pinned it on their door and like, took it off and we're like, that's going to be a song. Those and, are lyrics. Uh, uh, yeah. That's yeah.
3: Great. We'll show that's you JP. Best. Yeah. <laughs> Name the song after him too.
4: Yeah. I mean, JP was awesome. We all love JP. Uh, so I and he you know he was doing it like in jest but yeah,
3: Oh, okay cool that's great yeah. right. that's good. He wasn't actually like it mad was like at a us or anything.
4: Yeah, yeah 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 exactly.
3: Well I'm curious because in the booklet the last line says hey hey Scott why don't you just grow up? I don't know.
4: <laughs> there oh, was a guy really? Scott Scott Leonard that uh, worked at the radio station KBVR
3: that helped us out a lot in the beginning. Um, it would help get his shows. Yeah because and Andrew doesn't. Andrew doesn't sing it, but yeah, the last it says, Hey, hey, Scott, why don't you just grow up? It's printed the last line of the lyrics.
4: I don't know if we told them to write that in there or if someone at the label just put that in there. And I've never Maybe looked at that. Secret. I've never read all the lyrics, so I didn't Easter know what's there. Yeah.
2: Let's see if there's a genius annotation of who Scott is. Yes, no. Yes. No. yes. Oh, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna add one. I'm gonna say it's Ridley Scott. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> It's Scott, it's Scott
3: Kerr from Five Iron.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. Oh, yes. It might have been Scott Kerr. That might have been what it was. Uh,
3: oh, nice. I can't
4: believe I didn't think of that. But, yeah, <laughs> that's probably what it was. Dang, take it's that, crazy. Scott. And it was. It might have been someone at the label thinking, you know, oh, let's poke fun at Scott and put yeah. it in there. But, uh, yeah. I
3: like it. Or it was us. I don't know. 25 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um okay cool that's funny i like that it's coming from someone talking about y'all instead of like y'all talking about you someone talking else. to someone that's, else that's yeah funny. that's funny really yeah, great. that's really good especially dreaming of the w's and like getting self-referential mm-hmm. with that so yeah okay, cool uh i'm gonna say this is my favorite song on the record oh nice. this is my favorite Maybe it's, like, a cop-out, but I feel like this is most, like, classic ska, I guess. Yes. Like, more, That's like, not as... Yeah. 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 It feels to me, I'm like, this is, like, what should have been on, like, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, you know? it's like, which <laughs> yes. I grew up playing. So, it just, like, it just connects with, like, like young Josh playing Tony Hawk that I'm like, I love this sound, and... I can imagine you playing Tony Hawk on mute and just putting I had this to. song on. My mom um, and yeah. me... Yeah, there was I for Tony Hawk one. I got to listen to some of it, but then after a while, she was like, "You have to turn the music off. It's bad." So <laughs> my that too, and I, I just didn't listen
2: to the music. I had no idea. She's like, "What did they just say?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I'm doing sick sit- kickflips. flips." <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: chill out, mom. And then and
4: you're,
3: you're like, like now, "Now I need to listen to this." Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't like it, but yeah, this one is just like. It's so fun. Um, it has a lot of really great parts in it. I like the horn lines. I don't know. I can't just like describe them without like just singing I'll them. Singing them. Can dumb. you sing yeah. them? Can you please sing them? <laughs> and then Todd Todd the Ragos that doom 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 doom. The octaves oh, yeah. walk up on the bass. I love yeah. that. Hey, but, like it just has like a lot of great music, and then Andrew's playing like that really like fun like punky ska. So. It's like the most traditional ska, but I don't know. It's just so fun. So this is my favorite. That's a good one. Nice.
1: Yeah, I think it might be, be my second favorite. If I had to put a, a second, spot on that a list sense. that I hate making. <laughs> I know you hate making lists, but but I really like it that much. Um, you like it, it enough to too. Exactly, and it reminded me the most of like five iron or like Aquabats or something, which I think are incredible. So. So good job, Val. Thanks. Great by-
4: job. <laughs> mostly, <laughs> mostly Andrew it. and Jason Powell, but uh, thanks, and Masaki.
3: But they're not here. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. get right. He you didn't get. Are. He didn't get writing credits on this song. So <laughs> oh, he did. He got, yeah. he got stiffed. I think. Um, oh, I, I don't know if he did. Well, I didn't know I'm pretty sure take, you. You can take all
2: the credit though. since you're here. I'm here. Yeah. Just yeah. Any 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 praise that we you know yeah put good, on the album, it's all going directly to you. So thanks, Val. Yeah.
1: Feel free to pass it out, like with your discretion, later on, okay. or keep it all for yourself.
4: <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna keep exactly. it for myself since they <laughs> wouldn't come and do this. So yeah, <laughs>
2: that's it. That's it. Sweet. Answer your band camp, guys. That's the moral <laughs> of the story. Um, <laughs> uh, let's move on to track number five, Moses.
0: Every once in a while, I start to contemplate how a person like me could be used by the great. And then I look to those who live before me. In their imperfections, they show God's glory. I'm, just, I'm a burning bush. Everybody
2: knows I love that. that he was a muted trumpet. Yes. Thank you.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And there's a lot on this record. It makes things so classy, you know. I know. Yeah. Well, we talked about that on the Larry well, especially, Boy. Especially I like how I Brian like like you were talking about how Brian's like a really good drummer. Like that definitely comes through like the parts that he's playing. Like you could almost see him like after the W's like joining like a jazz band and he's doing all this kind of stuff like Totally. Yeah. Sure. I really like the drums on this record. Yeah, it's got a real like Dixieland jazz feel
2: to this song. Mm-hmm. I, I
4: remember uh when Andrew wrote this, I think he wrote most of it. Um, maybe some of the horn lines were like Brett and I, but uh, he came. You know, he, we were, we practiced it and stuff, and we were playing it, and he was like, "This is gonna be our number one song, guys. This is gonna <laughs> this is gonna be it. This is gonna be our new best song. It's gonna replace the devil is bad." And I mean, at the time, we were like, "Yeah, this song's awesome. Let's do it." And I think you know, we were playing it before it was even like fully finished because we just all really liked it a lot. We thought it was awesome. But yeah, I don't have any other notes on it. I don't really remember anything else about it except that <laughs> we thought it was going to be really big and then it was like, oh, it's okay.
3: Everyone was like, why'd you write a devil song? And Andrew writes a song about Moses and then people are like, eh, we like the devil song. <laughs> yeah, I know song. exactly, yeah. <laughs> I think it was our second single
4: um, on the album, but I don't know that it like did any, you know, I don't know how it tracked or anything, so.
2: Hmm. I like it uh, to go back to the, the, the Dixieland jazz thing. I think what I like about it is like, it's got a lot of really interesting individual parts. Like you guys do this thing, which feels very like jazz band to me of like, you all come together, do these parts. And then there are all these like tiny little showcases of all the different, uh, instruments and elements, which I think is awesome. Thanks.
4: Um, I mean, Brett and I had both been in jazz band, um, I don't know if Andrew was or not, but yeah, so we had some of that like you know, a little bit of that traditional training, I guess, uh right. to bring into the band.
1: Yeah, there feels like a lot of thought behind the composition and arrangement. Yeah.
2: So when you guys were like when when you're were writing parts, uh what can you walk me through a little bit of like the process of of writing parts? Like did you just keep kind of noodling and then just feel yeah. out a vibe or did you I think it would be a lot of noodling like, in the beginning.
4: Yeah. Um, when like when I was, if I was doing it it'd be noodling along with us playing. Yeah, and then, little bit of a just bit of be like, "I've got, I've got the horn line too," and you know, give a to us or whatever. Um, cool. didn't happen a little Didn't a little bit a little bit this a little bit uh, did a little bit here and there. So that's
2: sweet. I love that.
1: I also really was curious about his sort of vocal affect like the the style that he's sort of it's kind of the way he talks speak singing yeah is that his voice yeah that's his voice that's just his voice (laughs) incredible
3: (laughs) yeah that's so that's so cool like little man big voice it's it's nothing you have
1: to like put on it's just him yeah that was just him it's just natural amazing yeah yeah I like it even more, <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I' to find an interview now of him talking, just him talking in this two. yeah, <laughs> yes,
4: <laughs> he didn't really like doing interviews, so I don't think he did very many um hmm. Hmm. I think I dragged him to a couple like near the end of the band's career, but it wasn't really something he
3: wanted to do, so
2: hmm. I get that, yeah, yeah, for sure
3: it's always nice to have a front man who's like not trying to like always be out and like oh, I'll do the interviews, so. Right. Well, I feel like I hear from a lot of artists that they're actually kind
1: of more introverted in most situations. They like being on stage because there's like a controlled environment and they like know their role. And then as soon as the show's over, it's like, all right, bye. I'll I'll be in the back room.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We were always good with like going out and hanging out with the kids and stuff after the shows. Um, Yeah. I think it was more like the organized interview. Like, I mean, we would do full band interviews where we were all there. Sure. But, um, I was kind of like I was the oldest, and I was kind of the most organized. Um, like I managed our our money and stuff, and uh, did a lot. Like I, you know, registered our name with the state and stuff like that as mm. a to be a company or whatever. And so, nice. A lot of times, people would just be like, "You go do the interview. You're the responsible one."
5: Like, <laughs> yeah. You're so, the
4: <laughs> so I ended up doing a bunch that kind of by myself. Sometimes I would, I would try and drag other people to them sometimes, but it didn't always work out, you know. But yeah. I mean there was yeah. there was quite a few full band interviews where you you can hear Andrew talking and stuff
2: but uh yeah. Cool. Right. Well, hey, we got we got more record to talk about, man. We got more record. Let's move on to track number 6. Up. <laughs> the one I have to work. I all
0: you
1: Also, some great bass
3: on this one, man. Sweet, sweet bass, man. All over this record. Did you mention Val that this was one of the songs y'all had early on?
4: Yes, and it had no horn parts. Um, it was kind of a grunge song almost. Mm. <laughs> okay. Andrew right. wrote it for like a class, I think, and it was like one of the first songs we did, you know. Uh, and a bit of, we were like, oh, we need to change this. We can't have this in our set when we're trying to be like ska swing, whatever. Right. You know, this grunge song, so. We kind of swung it and uh, I think there was a horn line for it. I was listening to the demo the other day and I heard like a different, completely different horn line. I don't remember exactly why, but we got in the studio and Masaki was like, This, you need a better horn line for this song. And um, (laughs) and he helped us come up with the one that's in there, you know? But it was like, sweet. I can't remember what the first one was like. So maybe some of these stabs were like in it, you know? Like that stuff was in there. But uh, the whole beginning part is uh, a lot of Masaki. Guiding us through not being stupid. Reworking. So. Right. Yeah. yeah, That's a good yeah.
3: producer right there. Nice. What is the... So this is like one, the the first song, essentially, that it's you like, wrote? Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah. This is about
4: the... someone breaking into somebody's house so they can feed their dog. <laughs> I, yeah, lyrically, it's one of my favorites. I don't know <laughs> why. <laughs> There's <laughs> a lot. Our, our, our can songs can are kind of all insinuate. over the place,
3: subject matter-wise. Um, yeah. I, I bet Bible Enthusiast has a lot to say about this song on Genius. <laughs> 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 I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm not seeing anything <laughs> about sexual innuendos or or what phallic nature represents of... of yeah. So you mentioned open-minded was one you wrote going into the studio. Was that the newest song that you all had or uh, was there another one? Uh, there's
4: another one coming up that was like the newest song ever. Oh, uh, okay. Um, cool. in we the studio, no, so.
2: I'll tell you when we get to it. <laughs> oh, okay. Sweet. Perfect. I love it. All right, we got anything else about Pup?
3: This is a fun Fun, silly song, yeah. you know? It's, it's fun. It's a fun, fun little bop, dude. It yeah. is. And that it little
1: solo in the middle is really great.
0: I wanna see your house
2: yeah. I don't know why I can't explain. It reminds me, for some reason in my head, when I hear it, I think of Who Framed Roger Rabbit.
3: And okay. that may
2: be something of like the like the swing kind of stuff, and the the like you know because that's set in like Hollywood in the '30s, but it's like also like bright and colorful and kind of cartoony. That's mm-hmm. just like in my brain. That's like instead that of like synesthesia. The song, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just like completely. I, I could. See like Roger Rabbit just like walking down Toontown yeah. hanging out with Eddie Valiant. <laughs> 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 Sweet. Okay, let's move on to track number 7, King of Polyester. <laughs>
3: This is my favorite song. Is it? Of course. Great, great pick, great pick. I think like this, when I was a kid, I think this was the last song I remember listening to. Like the rest of the record, I don't like have much memories of like as a kid, but I definitely remember King of Polyester. And I think I thought of it was like, it's not a, I didn't think it was a bowling song. I thought it was about like a guy who was like a part of like an underground fighting ring. Cause he's like, he's <laughs> got to he, not know what you this song watch out for his hook. Right. And then like, he's dropping rednecks. Like, so yeah. I'm like, maybe this guy's just going in and just pummeling these dudes and he just leaves. And then he's back to fight the next night. Andrew
4: and like, he wrote, yeah, all the lyrics to the song, just about a guy, uh, having a perfect game. And yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but people yeah, we're always like what is this about? I'm and like the that. so the part where we say he marks them up, there's always kids being like, "What are you saying there? Are you saying he fucks them up?" <laughs> we're like, "No, no we're not. We're oh, saying that." No. I, wow. you, we would not have gotten on the label if that right, <laughs> was in yeah, our yeah. lyrics, But you know, <laughs> people were convinced uh, yeah, and no one knew what it was about. So yeah, it was once you explain it like oh, it's bowling pins have that red line, they're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay." Yeah. Then they figured it out. He's but not I can see people
3: he's hitting bowling pins.
4: Listening so. to it, I can I can see how it'd be like, Oh yeah, this it's not really there's so much lingo, bowling lingo, that if you don't know it, then Yeah, like, you're not gonna know what he's talking it's about. Lost so on you.
2: I think that's part of why I loved it. I was a bowling kid. Like <laughs> that when makes I, was so much I was sense. I was homeschooled for a while and I was the part few, of like a like a home, a homeschool bowling
3: league. <laughs> so I loved all this shit. Man. This is in between magic sessions magic yeah that I,
2: I went from magic to ventriloquism <laughs> to bowling <laughs> that was such so a weird magic thing. like <laughs> in your garage performing magic or performing magic, magic yes oh i did magic that too gathering in was high demonic yeah i performed magic in high school too <laughs> <laughs> so, i love it it's so nice. good yeah it's so good awesome. i tried again to get into magic at the beginning of the pandemic and I, I'm i starting to get arthritis in my hands, and I was like, fuck this. I'm going to start a podcast instead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's why we're here. <laughs> nice, nice. I mean, you worked it uh, into your Halloween costume. So That's true. That's true. A few years ago, I went to a Halloween party at TJ's, and it was so complicated. I dressed up like an old-school magician, and the costume was I was Magic Mike, but a guy who had never <laughs> seen the movie Magic Mike <laughs> and assumed it was about magicians. Which yeah. is so hard to explain <laughs> at this party, which, which was mostly filled with people I didn't know. Didn't know,
1: and I loved it. It was my favorite costume of the whole party.
2: You're like, oh, so you're a magician. I'm like, I'm Magic Mike. And I nice. was like, what? Nice. I'm like,
1: I don't know. I liked witnessing Kylan <laughs> explaining the costume. That was my favorite part of the night. Uh, yeah. And just the blank stares of people. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, that was okay. Great.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Val, what are, what are y'all saying at the very end? What does he do? He marks them up. He marks, like he them marks up, up okay. the, the scorecard, you know. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I thought that's not, what you were talking about
4: earlier.
3: Not he but fucks them up, yeah, no.
1: Confirm <laughs> for the listeners and yeah, mostly for me. Okay.
3: No, there's a interview that Todd the Rod did on Jesus Freak Hideout that he answers the same question, and I was like, oh, thank goodness that they asked him this because I would have never known until <laughs> you said this <laughs> just now. If That's great. Without hearing that. I want to know about like, leaning into the bowling aesthetic for this record like I was going to ask that
2: too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um,
3: walk us through that I think that was just like one of those
4: things where it was like the label was like hey we can go to this bowling alley in San Francisco and shoot a bunch of pictures and you got a song about bowling so let's do it and we were like yeah that's cool I don't know I mean we all all of us actually did bowl except for Todd he didn't he didn't bowl he didn't care like so that day we went to the bowling alley took the pictures I think we bowled a little bit too and stuff um like actually <laughs> bowled not just for
5: nice the photo Great. shoot
4: but uh yeah it was just something that kind of happened and then we had an ad for the album in a bowling magazine or something you know because the cover is brian with the really? bowling ball like this and the pins and so i think somebody thought it was a good idea to put the ad in the bowling magazine i don't know <laughs> <laughs> nice i mean we all had a we had a lot
3: of fun you had, doing. you had that. a lot of skinheads and bowlers at your shows probably <laughs> yeah. after yeah. that right <laughs> yep and seven-year-olds those early days, seven years, years. yeah. Eclectic, the skinheads and the seven-year-olds did not get along. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? So, yeah, no. So why, because uh, without, like, we may talk about this on another episode, but, like, you changed, like, the aesthetic from the bowling to, like, the, the air squadron for Trouble with X. Wow. So, um, like, did y'all not want to, like, make just bowling, like, your thing? Like, this is our look from now on, or was it, like, the idea to change it every record or something like that? Um, no, (laughs) there wasn't, I think we put a lot of thought into
4: it. The art director was like, Hey, let's, let's go out to this, uh, this airstrip. I think it was Travis Air Force Base. And, you know, they got these uniforms you can wear and we can take a bunch of pictures. And we were like, yeah, that sounds cool. (laughs) There wasn't a lot of, (laughs) I don't think we had a lot of conscious thought into like the art direction of the albums. We were more just the music side and we kind of let Aaron, who was the art director, just kind of run with whatever he wanted to do. Not that we didn't it was care. Like wherever you had permission
1: to do a photo shoot, that became kind of, the yeah.
4: Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yep, great. Yep.
3: I yeah, love yeah. the bowling as the aesthetic. I think it works super well. I, I liked it's it. Really yeah, it really worked cool. really
2: well for us in the beginning. Yeah. Me too. As, as a bowling kid, I was. Did y'all sell?
3: Did y'all sell those shirts that had like the W's, the bowling shirts with the W's on the back? No,
4: no. And actually,
3: Missed opportunity. A bunch of
4: my stuff that I had, like W's shirts and early demos and stuff, I had in a box in a storage locker that got uh, broken into at some point, and it just all got oh, stolen. No. Like oh, all man. my early demos, some all, super my, fan all my shirts, and. Well, I mean, they stole my bike, they stole my Game Boy, they stole uh, my first sax—the were a the super sacks that we rented yeah—they just stole like everything out of that storage locker that was
3: worth anything. So, damn, it Oof. sucked. But <laughs> he's probably the guy selling that shirt on eBay right now. I was just thinking, that. where you got it?
4: Also, after the band broke up, I had like this giant duffel bag full of t-shirts mm-hmm. that I would just take to work with me, and um, I worked in a mailroom, and so I would just. Cause kids would still like reach out, you know, they'd contact me all the time and stuff. They'd find me online or whatever. And they'd be like, Hey, blah, blah, blah. And they would be like, Hey, what's your address? I'll send you a shirt. And I would just stuff a bunch <laughs> of shirts into a bag, you know, and send it to them. That's great. And then, uh, at some point I go out to my car in the morning and the windows are busted. And I'm like, Oh crap. And I'm looking oh, through the car God. and the only thing that was stolen was that giant duffel bag full of t-shirts and so all I can imagine is that like, whoever stole it's like getting to them like yeah yeah and they open it up and they're just like what the fuck
0: this is all <laughs>
4: what is this the W's what is Same this
0: t-shirt.
4: yeah so I was, I was like I should go to the San Jose flea market and see if there's just like someone with a rack of W's t-shirts and right whatever but yeah I've yeah. been trying to hawk them for years yeah yeah
2: that's, that's like one time my car got broken into and all they stole was I had a suitcase full of old fedoras <laughs> <laughs> this is very similar very similar just imagine like just a bunch of like ratty old fedoras that i got yeah. from goodwill and stuff like they didn't steal my car stereo they didn't steal like
4: i had my discman right. in there you know they didn't steal anything else they just took right. that giant bag and just that
2: giant bag
3: yeah i don't Man, know what thought it was the mother the was. load it's <laughs> a choice
2: yeah. <laughs> kylan this is your
3: favorite song tell me why. yeah dude well, I told you it's
2: like a, it's a bowling, bowling song, man. Bowling. Okay. And I was like, yeah, because you guys know. Beyond the bowling thing, I was just such a weird fucking kid, and I was like <laughs> obsessed with like 40s and 50s pop culture, uh, and a little like that kind of like mid-century kind of thing, like. When I was a kid, like, Maltese Falcon was my favorite movie. I used to listen to the Jack Benny show, like, the old radio show. And so, <laughs> and I used to go, to go bowling by myself, like, and I just loved the whole, like, musically, the whole kind of, like, swing thing, and the subject matter was just, I was like, oh, cool, bowling shit. Like, I feel represented right now.
1: Yeah, somehow I can see so vividly, like, little kid Kylan in, in like, a fedora and like <laughs> some tweed suspenders, like, tweed, <laughs> like, like yeah. a vest and mm-hmm. like a tie, a bow tie maybe. And like dress shoes. And yeah. you just bowl a strike and you're like doing jazz hands to this song <laughs> walking back. That's like your victory dance.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty, pretty accurate. It probably <laughs> happened. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can tell you a couple times that happened.
3: Um. <laughs> I knew it. I knew well, it. And, and I like the way that, like, the perspective that the song is written in. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's very, like, cinematic of, like, the guy coming in. And, yeah. Like, it's, it's exactly. written yeah. very well. Like, it's a very cool way to tell a story about bowling, which is probably, there probably aren't very many ways to do that well, but this is one of them.
4: I think that's the hats off to Andrew, then, you know, because he was, mm-hmm. I think he was pretty good at, um, he was very careful about choosing all of his lyrics. A lot of it was, like, how it, how it fit musically with what he thought, you know, how he thought the vocal should go. But a lot of it was also like, he didn't want something that just fit musically. He wanted it to like work um structurally right. too, to tell the story or whatever we were doing. So, yeah. I remember like trying to help him write lyrics for a bunch of the songs in the second album. I just be like, I just had to walk away sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> I've given you so much and you're just <laughs> throwing it all back at me. And <laughs> not into, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he <laughs> was very, very particular about that stuff. So yeah, hats off to him for that.
3: Yeah,
2: I know. It's very um, there are genius annotations for this that basically just <laughs> explains all of the bowling lingo. Oh, okay, good. And essentially how bowling works. <laughs> 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 well, you know, for somebody who doesn't know step, what bowling step is stepped on up with an arrow inside from the middle, one, two, three to the right. One of the keys to successful bowling is to find a spot where a bowler can consistently bowl strikes. Roughly one third of the way down the lane, there are a series of arrows, which can be, and I'm just like, yeah, okay. (laughs) But then it does all that. And then uh, towards the end, uh, it says, down the alley with the perfect hook. He hit him so hard, the whole room shook. The annotation is, he did it. He completed a three hundred game. <laughs> cool, thanks. <laughs> I mean, at least for that, that context, is what's happening there? But yeah. I know it's it's more accurate <laughs> than the other annotation. Yeah, but yeah. It's also just like I. Just, that's the thing. Is that, that Bible guys, enthusiast? Like, I don't, it's not. I, okay. I looked. It's Redeemer Bowling enthusiast. MH. <laughs> so yeah, I just like. I guess if that's how you want to spend your time, I mean, cool.
3: People need uh, to know, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. I just realized was this was probably a good time to release a song about bullying and an album with a bullying aesthetic, you know, like what I think it was two years after big Lebowski came out. So, Oh yeah. There's probably some there you go. striking while the iron, that might've right? been
4: the art director's thought process. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he might've even said it and I just didn't even catch it. But, uh, yeah. I didn't even think King- about that.
2: Kingpin came out in 96. Yeah. I didn't there think about all. graphic art at Both all. Of so all
4: that stuff is like, it was over
2: my head. So just wanted to make cool tunes yeah yeah i, I just wanted record. to go on tour yeah <laughs> i get that all right guys let's move on to track number eight jason e
0: jason e i strutting on by the breast the way you walk you slow your dog can you tell me i could choose the road you did the walls behind which you hid who do you blame who should take fall not
4: me So this is the last song we wrote going into the into oh, the um, album okay. And I I wouldn't say we wrote it this is another one like Andrew had everything down and brought it to us um and I this might be my favorite song on the album actually I love this one Sweet. Just for how weird it cool. was I loved uh I loved Danny Elfman and Oingo Boingo and I feel like this part not this part but like the part in kind of the chorus or post-chorus or whatever just really mm-hmm. reminded me of oingo boingo um i was gonna yeah. call this the ska song that danny elfman didn't write <laughs> <laughs> i literally had that note but yes yeah, so i this was just really good and so jason e was this guy in corvallis he was kind of a homeless guy um a lot of the guys live in this apartment it's kind of house apartment thing and uh i guess one day he just kind of walked in with these two bikes and he's like hey anybody want to buy a bike and uh todd was just like <laughs> you need to leave right now is this st- is the way the story goes <laughs> And he would just come around and like ask for stuff. And like one time he came around and he wanted some vitamin C or something. And so Andrew comes out with the vitamin C and he's like, you got to put it in my mouth. My hands don't work. And so Andrew's like throwing it kind (laughs) of into his mouth. Um, So this guy and he told us his name was Jason E and he had a bunch of other names, too, I guess. But um, so this song was just kind of like a I don't know, one of those songs where it's like, you know, you could make a bad choice in your life and things could go really wrong. So like don't look. Don't look down at these people that, you know, are homeless right. or whatever, or kind of mentally unbalanced because, you know, you don't know what their story is. You don't know what what bad right. choice they made. So, I mean, yeah, I also liked it for that. That aspect. I thought it was one of our most yeah. <laughs> one of our most conscious song, I guess. Uh, yes. I don't know. Yeah, I like that. So, yeah, I like that a lot.
3: Yeah, compared to, like, Pup, it's got a lot more <laughs> it's to It's got say. a point, yeah. So it's, it's <laughs> yeah. like, the
4: last one we wrote going to the album, so, I mean, it makes sense. We were actually trying at that yeah. point. We were like, oh. Right, but it was right. like, I mean, he he showed us the song, and I was like, this song is awesome, but we're never going to, like, no one's going to want to hear this song. <laughs> no one's going to like this song. <laughs> we all love it a lot. I think right. we played it live, like,
1: twice yeah. maybe, maybe three times. But, uh... Oh wow. Well, yeah. it's like a musician's song, I think. yeah, Like, it's yeah. for people who are music Definitely. nerds that, like, yeah. enjoy... Oh, my Multiple gosh. Multiple parts and dynamic rise and fall. Saki and I, Masaki, um,
4: had a huge fight over, like, a half step on the one note. Like, he wanted it a half step lower, and I wanted it a half step higher on uh, a clarinet part I was playing. Interesting. And it was, like, a giant, you know, one of those, where neither one of us was backing down. And, like, looking back at it now, I was like, it's so stupid that <laughs> I cared that much about <laughs> a half step on this, like, one note, you know. But because even though Andrew would come to us with, like, this horn line fully formed... Brett and I would kind of like arrange it and come up with the different like harmonies and stuff like that right. so that was kind of one of those things where it's like I really want to own this <laughs> this harmony that I wrote and I don't want it to change kind of thing you know so
1: right yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's your stalking. part you wanted to be proud of it yeah I mean I still
4: am I still think the whole song is really like you said it's like a musician song it's one of our yeah. mm-hmm. musically it intrigues me the most I like it the best for that reason so I love this part at like 250
3: <laughs> yeah this is a wacky part <laughs> It, it, feels it feels like, like the most like theatrical I get with Danny yeah. Elfman, yeah. Definitely Danny Elfman. So I get the like drama some, kid.
2: like a Twilight Zone vibe, like a little bit of like it could score part of a Twilight Zone. Yeah. I love it.
1: Nightmare Before Scosmus.
2: No, there you go. There you go. There you
1: I'm go. I'm just I'm just <laughs> I've just <laughs> got the is. puns going. There you go.
4: I love that movie and I love Danny Elfman, so I guess it makes sense. Go. This would be my favorite Yeah. Song. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> it's so
2: rad.
3: All right, you're helping me. This is not one of my favorite songs on the record, but I'm enjoying hearing more context about it cuz I think I'm I'm appreciating the song more than I previously did. I've talked about like how I don't like Circusy music yeah my, uh, don't my
4: like. wife was like josh is not gonna like this song, <laughs> she this was right. circus song.
3: heather you were right and i was like I... I don't know he
4: he did i don't remember i was listening to one thing and you guys were talking about danny elfman and i was like he might like it because someone said they like danny elfman and but yeah I, i'm gonna go tell her you were yeah. right she was right <laughs> she was right <laughs> nice. yeah. good job
2: yeah, well, she was wrong about the opening track, but right about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was right about Josh, Josh not liking the circus music. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Josh not a circus music fan. I get that. Yeah. Sweet. Well, guys, let's move on to track number nine, Alarm Clock.
0: Woke up this morning to the sound of an alarm clock ringing in my ear. Why so rub my eyes, glance to my clock hit my roommate james in the head with a sock rolled in a bed got to my feet when started a new week.
4: some
1: sublime action
2: feels kind of surfy
4: i really like this song too um, yeah i do too i think a lot of my hornline, original horn line survived this one too nice you can tell because it's stupid simple a lot.
1: <laughs> There's
3: that's some tiny. spots
1: at the end where...
3: This is a song about an alarm clock. I think Sipple works about, on this yeah. song.
1: <laughs> What's the Five Iron song that has a horn line that's very similar to that part that we just heard? It was like copying Five I'm talking about. Oh, man. No, I mean, I don't no, think, I think, it's a, I think... I might have, have been unconsciously it it Five Iron. <laughs> it's reminiscent. Okay. So that part...
4: I don't know if anybody picked this up and it's probably super nerdy, but at the end of the chorus right before this part this is a little thing where it's just guitar bass and drums mm-hmm. and we do it one time after the first chorus and then we do it two times after the second chorus and then oh, three man. times oh, after the third no. chorus and it was like this inside joke amongst all of us but um i don't think anybody ever like realized it or got it so
2: no that's, that's so it. great cool i love yes. shit like that i'll point it out also, when it comes around again
1: <laughs> I love that y'all start the song slow as if like you're still waking up and you're moving oh, yeah. slow. You haven't had your coffee yet. And then all of a yeah. sudden the day like it's crazy. And then at the end you wind down back. again. Yeah, That's so good. I loved that. Okay. So here's the part. So that, okay. yeah, so that cool. part, that was two times.
4: Then it goes three oh, times. after the so Third cool. chorus. And at the end I of the love song, love it's four that. times. So Yeah. And I think, Dang. you know, we're like, hey, Saki, like, look at this thing that we did that's really cool. And he's just like, yeah, whatever.
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm
4: like, oh, man, we're
2: trying to impress you. And <laughs> hard to please. <laughs> he was. I know, well, I feel like we're impressed. That's the kind of like yeah. music nerd <laughs> yeah. shit
3: that we definitely appreciate. We're we'll oh, yeah. stoked sure. about it. That's so cool. So like I listened to this cassette, this cassette, this album as a kid. But like there was a lot like past King of Polyester that I don't remember Uh, But then I, like, rediscovered it when I was, like, a senior in high school, and I, like, bought the CD because we still only had the cassette, so I could, like, actually rip it and listen to it because, I don't know. I guess I still had a cassette player in 2009. But, um, like, when I got to rediscover, like, this album again and, like, kind of the back end of the songs for the first time, like, this was my favorite back then of, like, oh, like, Alarm Clock is so fun and cool. So, like, this was always, like, this was a favorite for a long time for me. This was a a crowd favorite, too. People... Really wanted to
4: hear this song. Lyrically, it's really fun too. It's yeah, and like you're saying, I think it's pretty five iron frenzy ish and stuff. And so we were playing for their crowds. Great energy. Yeah,
2: that makes yeah, Yeah. that makes sense.
1: It's just really fun. It's a fun song. Also, do you have any stories about any of the foley noises, like the weird? Oh
2: yeah, like the very first one. The
4: the... was Andrew doing that, and then I think (laughs) the other ones might have just been uh, Masaki finding stuff online. Um, okay, I think we would just make weird noises in the mic live for that for right. those parts, and yeah, we were like, Oh, this can we do something better than that? You know, I mean, that was just something we did. And Masaki's like, Hey, we can do this, like, and the slide whistle thing. We were just like, That's awesome, you know, yes. and <laughs> <laughs> we loved it so I much when, it. He, when he pulled
1: it out. Yeah, I, I think he might have just found
4: samples online, I don't know for sure, but uh, yeah, we did he do that while y'all it.
1: were still tracking it, or was this like later, like
4: mixes after I don't, I think we so might have heard it. I think we tracked everything and then, you know, he played it for us and we heard that and we were just like, oh, "That's awesome.
2: <laughs> Which yeah. is like the, the stupidest
4: the... thing to think is awesome. But I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what we loved. Yeah. I, I mean... don't know.
2: I'm always impressed when I, when I actually like hear or see it like a slide whistle is like, if you, if there's a slide whistle available to play, literally everyone is going to go play it. Like it's Got just one in the there's... <laughs> It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nice. fun, man. It's just yeah. fun.
1: I pictured y'all all standing around and like taking turns, making the board <laughs> make weird noises. <laughs> nah, yeah. Like I said, I, have, I think he found a sample. I've, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, I don't
4: know. I don't know what sound we made before that live, but mm.
1: my head cool. cannon is y'all
4: all taking turns with the board. Well, and after it came out, I was like, I don't know how do we, how do we reproduce these sound effects? And I think we might've, right. <laughs> we might've quit doing sound effects at that point. Cause we are like, we can't do it. I don't know. Yeah, we didn't have a slide whistle. So yeah. Awesome.
2: That's well great. guys, let's move on to track number ten, Flower Tattoo. Hair is gold and her eyes are blue.
0: I'm in love with the girl with the flower tattoo. If I wrote the perfect song, you know I'd name it after you.
2: This one's very close to
4: my favorite. This is originally a Down by Law song. Oh. And uh, Zach, the original drummer, he was like, mm-hmm. I want us to do this song. We'll do a ska version of it, you know, and it'll be completely different than the original. So mm. that was how it got into our set list. And uh, that's cool. The uh, <laughs> the horn line that you hear right here is one I kind of came up with. And we just did it the whole way through the song. Like it never changed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um. I loved how stupid it was. I think Brett and I really loved how stupid it was and how annoying it was to people. Like Scott Kerr, like, I hate that horn line. He would tell us, you know, stuff. So we went to the studio. I was like, yeah, we got to keep that. And the rest of the band's like, yeah, no, we're going to do something different. You're going to, we're going to change that up. And I was like, oh. That's funny. Yeah. And then after the part that we did come up with, Frank, the label guy, he was always like, this sounds like a game show song. He's like, I love it. It's like coming on down to The Price is Right. (laughs) That's so (laughs) true. It's
1: like, oh, cool. And then I loved it after he said that. So yeah. Yeah. Now that you've said that, that's all I'm going to be able to Mm -hmm. picture now. Yeah. The spark.
3: Come on down. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Was this like a, a common thing to do like covers, especially like within like the, christian scene or whatever were there a lot of people like doing covers of like non-christian bands back in the day i don't
4: even know um i know five iron did some you know covers of like yellow and abba and stuff um i don't really Wait. know they did them live even i think they just did them for well yeah for a record though like the, to make a record i don't i don't know i don't remember if christian bands were doing it i know like other bands were doing covers of songs and like doing them in an entirely different style you know just changing them up because of the, yeah. you know, the contrast of doing that. Like we did the contrast of, do- if anyone goes and listens to the original of this song, you're going to be like, what the, um, it's very punk yeah. rock and just kind of, you know, but people would always think that we wrote it. And, uh, Andrew's wife, Lori would like work the, work the table in the back selling t-shirts and CDs with my wife. And, uh, They're like, where's the, girls would come up and they'd be like, do you have a flower tattoo? Like, <laughs> no, there's no flower tattoo. No. So yeah, Stop asking. I think we, kind of quit doing it at some point probably because of that but uh i mean not entirely because of
3: that but just right yeah. right were there any other songs that y'all talked about like yeah i mean i guess why like include the cover or were there any covers that y'all were like in between like maybe we could put this on the record or were y'all just trying to like bump up to 12 songs i think this one was just of- one we did forever
4: so the the crowd in Corvallis, um the non christian cl- cl- crowd that knew what the original down by law song was they loved it they loved our cover of it because it was so different and they thought it was awesome. So it, you know, stayed in our set list around Oregon a lot because of that crowd, popular. the non Christian crowd that would really like yeah. it. So, yeah. And then it was just kind of a fun song, you know? So Christian crowd kind of like, Oh, that's a fun song. I like it too. Um, but it, yeah, it's just one of those things that like it got, it got in our set list. People liked it. And so we just kept it until we went to the album. Like we dropped some of the, you know, we dropped the Jesus loves me purple haze and we dropped the chick magnet right. cover and the, The Laurie cover, which I don't remember what the original song of that was called, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, we had three other covers that we did live that we just dropped. So nice. This one fits really well though. Yeah, it works.
3: Yeah, good inclusion. Alright, guys, let's
2: do track number eleven, Dexter.
3: Another Todd song, yeah. Another song with lyrics by Todd. Might be my horn line right there.
2: I like I like the horns on this one a lot because they do that kind of. We talked about it on on an episode recently that I love flabby horns. Flabby, Is it maybe maybe you know because like they do this thing specifically in the intro, like like you know. Oh, I don't know anything? But like, uh because the horns are like so tight throughout, but they do that wah, 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 yeah. kind of thing, and I it sounds like.
4: I think that was Brett adding his own flourish to it. um, Because it's like definitely on the trumpet. um, Yeah. Right. It's super cool, though. I love it. Yeah, it gives us some personality. This song, we first started doing it, Todd would sing it. And Todd sings like... uh, Who's the other guitarist in No Effects that can't sing? What's his name? (laughs) You you know what I'm talking about? He just kind of yells vocals here and there. Yeah. Todd Todd kind of sings like him um, at the time. And so... We did it a few times with Todd singing it, and Todd's just like, "Yeah, no, I can't, I can't do it anymore." <laughs> so <laughs> Andrew went. would sing it, and then, uh, and then at some point, we would do Frank. We'd start Frank, and we'd do like one one verse and one chorus, and then we would jump. We would like transition into Dexter and do like a couple of verses of course of Dexter, and then go back into like the solo part of Frank, and then come out Frank finishing it. Whoa. So it was like the Todd
1: sandwich song kind of thing. Wild, <laughs> Todd, yeah. sandwich. Todd sandwich. I think, yeah. I hope on your set list it was just like bread and then the word Todd that's in the middle. <laughs> Todd the Rod Sandwich. Todd the rod sandwich. My wife was reminding me the other day that when we did
4: this song live, um while James was doing his solo, Brett and I would put our horns down and we would like do like acrobatic stunts. Like oh, I would I was a lot more that's... fit. I would like jump over him basically while he was standing up, I'd just grab under his shoulders and propel myself over him. And oh, he would like fall man. into a somersault, you know, and we just we were doing stuff like that during this oh, song. Nice. So that's nice so fun.
3: Crowd pleasers. I am a little bit jealous that of like we all just like having to just like bring like your horns just to like set up, like, oh, here, here's my band practice set up. Like, I brought my <laughs> clarinet, I brought my yeah. saxophone instead of like, I got to bring my guitar and my amp or like yeah. a drummers <laughs> bringing all their stuff. Like, here's like, here's my one thing, I'm done. For then, we sure. also
4: had to like for any flyout shows, it was like we had to carry on our horns because uh, if yeah, they got yeah. checked, one time I checked my tenor sax, it was really big and it. Like came out like busted oh, up, and I had to like no, do some emergency no. repairs to it before no. the show. And after that, I was just like, I'm buying a flight case, and I'm just carrying yeah, yeah. It on every you're time. Yep. That's so
3: yeah, people are like, oh, you're in a band. One time we were
4: loading on a plane in Oakland, and uh, we're getting on the plane, and there's like Billy Joe Armstrong and his wife, <laughs> and they're like little little boy yeah. or something. And we're walking past them, we all have these horn cases, and you can see his wife just being like. Ugh. Like thinking that we were gonna stop and talk, I don't know. We were gonna, you know. She was just like, and you know, Billy Joe was like, yo, little. He was like, kind of turning and playing with his boy, <laughs> like, right, he, right. Like you knew, you know, like they oh, knew we were musicians guys. and they were afraid we were gonna like accost them or something. Bug them, you know? yeah, so, yeah, sure, yeah. But
2: uh, <laughs> That's so funny.
4: We just walked on by. we were like, yeah, we don't want to. You bother played him. it cool, yeah. Played yeah. it cool, man. Good move,
2: yeah, yeah. A move.
4: I would hate to end up like a Billy Joe Armstrong story of stupid guys that <laughs> bugged him on a plane right, or something. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. Yeah, no.
2: Context for listeners, uh, we have some more genius annotations on this song. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, Our good friend Redeemer M.H. So, you know, uh, at the very end, it just says, Jimmy, he could fix a car, but he couldn't read a book. High school taught him nothing that a 350 V8 wouldn't. The annotation is, some people may lack book smarts, but are successful in other ways. In this case, Jimmy is very talented in automobile mechanics. Parentheses, and we all want our cars to run. So thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Redeemer. Appreciate that. He's not wrong. That person is not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's just like so many of these, it's like, yeah, but like, yeah, does this need to be said? You you took time out of your day to like type this out, to explain. Like who, like, I think I asked this before, like, who is the audience for, like, th- these annotations?
3: Like, I mean, who is thinking, clearly our like, podcast. Like,
2: man, <laughs> I, I like this Us.
3: Jimmy part, but, like, what is he talking about? I don't understand. <laughs> you know, Jimmy still has a lot to offer, though, despite <laughs> not being book smart. Crazy. People need to know. Crazy, crazy. All right, guys, there's one well, more song. I was going to say, I was oh, gonna say oh, this oh. song reminds me well, a little bit of... There's uh, two more songs.
2: That's true. I was going to say that. Okay, okay. A bonus. This song reminds me <laughs> a little
3: bit of like Staples on Rowling K's first record. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, show. a little bit like that. Mm. It's kind of a, it's just like the idea, at least the first verse of like the go-kart. So, like, I don't know. Oh, Dexter. I had a, yeah, uh, yeah, Dexter. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I had neighbors that had a go-kart that we'd ride around on. So I'm like, oh, yeah, this song takes me back. Even <laughs> though I don't remember listening to this song as a kid, like, <laughs> but the just lyrics, the, I relate yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this would have, I don't know why. I would have loved it probably. But like Probably. Go-karts. Yeah. Alright guys, there's one more official
2: track on this record. Track twelve.
0: He mess with uh, the wooy and the doogie stuff. The waves weren't going his way. I met a guy in turtle and a cook on our boys had it made. I don't mess with the hooey. The Nile Tys won't mess with. Don't mess with the way or else
2: gonna get your buskin. Guitar tone is so sweet.
3: I just wish this song was a little surfier. Like, put on some spring reverb, Andrew.
4: (laughs) This is one of our, like, early songs, too, that we had. And there's, like, one horn, like I said, there's one horn line forever, and then Andrew came up with this horn line right here. And that part where I go really low, I could not, like, early on, it was hard for me to get those low notes. So we'd be doing this song live, and I'd just be like, I can't. Bottom out. (laughs) Looking like an idiot, yeah. I was like, So I hated this song forever, so. I have this set list on the mm. wall in my garage that Todd made for me one time. It was just hooey, 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 hooey. Because <laughs> I was always talking about how much That's I hated funny. the song. So he's like, here's Val's set list. And he gave it to me.
5: That's <laughs> great.
4: so funny. And then I was like, I need the real one too, though, Todd. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just played the horn line from there. I just played hooey the whole time. Song, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, well, Todd said. That's, That's the set so list funny. you gave me, man. Yeah. So, so this, I,
4: if you, I don't know if you know or not, is based on the movie North Shore. Mm. which is oh. a like movie about surfers. Yeah, yeah. So like it's right. the story of what happens in the movie. Like the skiff, from Arizona goes to wins a contest on like a wave machine and goes, Sarah's goes to Hawaii and, you know, tries to play with the locals or whatever and gets, yeah. yeah. Anyway, but this is also, this is the song that has butts kicked in it, which is another line that got us um, booted from mm. some bookstores. You got your butts yeah. kicked right
3: out of the family Christian bookstore. Yeah.
4: Indecent language. I'm telling. It's so crazy. That's so weird there's a part in the song where we say a bunch of lines from the movie, and we were always like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. "We want to get actual samples from the movie and put them in there, right, on the recording." But like the label, you know, looked into it, and they're like, "It's it's gonna be really hard, too to, expensive, like, yeah. yeah, to <laughs> do that and get all the rights and stuff." And we we're like, "Okay, we'll just say them like we always do." <laughs> yeah, but
3: but now you get to have those memories of y'all saying them. There well, you go. It's just James. <laughs> it's just James saying them, although. <laughs> the recording so yeah (laughs) he's the bad guy he's the hooey that's
4: well I mean I don't I don't remember why it happened that he just did them all but he just he just did for the album. I I don't know that maybe he was there one day and Saki's like hey come on we're doing the lines
1: now or something you know probably y'all were out like grabbing food and he was the only one there. Yep, yeah maybe (laughs) I thought you were going home you took his stuff you pound him
3: I could tell you lame by the way you wear your shorts. You got a duck dive! <laughs> I kind of wish y'all had, like, continued this trend and just, like, become a ska band of doing... Uh, a band that just does ska movie synopsis like... <laughs> that would be so just, like, good. Yes. I know, there's a market for that. There that really is. is. I mean, that could I, be a YouTube wish, Yeah, I know. I kinda yeah. Like, Dog Trout and <laughs> like our yeah. alternate no, no. dog oh. trap is just doing new single small. weekend at Bernie's 2 yeah do- <laughs> <laughs> just tell you the movie over a ska let's, over a ska beat here's wow. genius, I would totally Josh. listen that's
2: a million dollar idea right there I know let's <laughs> do it guys that could blow up on TikTok <laughs> it would
3: it's ska spoilers synopsis or something like that because so it good. spoils it because spoilers I haven't I haven't seen I haven't seen North Shore, but I feel like I have now. You know,
4: I haven't yep. seen it, um, but everyone else had. So <laughs> <laughs> you've never like, seen it, still? yeah? No, like you know, t- I think I think it was on a couple times, but I like didn't stay in the room or
1: whatever. <laughs> you
4: right. know, I I know I've seen parts from it, but uh, yeah, never seen the whole thing.
1: Nope, you had better things to do. I don't know that Been I surf with a bunch but... of possums.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but hey, Josh, TJ, y'all can't talk because I named my album Winter Light and that's based on a movie and both of y'all made that record with me and still haven't seen the movie so <laughs> true I'm uh, going no to. no room no room to talk okay so <laughs> that was officially the last track on the record but guys unofficially we got more track we got we got a secret bonus track uh i had i have to find where how much silence there is before it, it starts it. at
3: 821 thank you that's why i keep of you of course around. josh knew that
1: i wrote yeah, it down for this exact
3: loaded. reason good job bud
0: Five man frenzy is from denver colorado they live in the mile high city they are good friends they will be there to the bitter end
2: So Val, does this have a does this have a name? Does this have a title? <sighs> I think
4: it's called Five
2: Iron Frenzy. Um, I don't know if, do you guys know who
4: Wesley Willis is? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So this song is basically a Wesley Willis song. Um, he was this guy from Chicago. He had a lot of like mental health issues, and he would just mm. he had a ton of albums though, and every song was exactly like this. It would just talk about this band was from this city. They rocked really hard. He played a show with them, and he would just kind of yell their name over the chorus like this. And he just had a keyboard that he would just like, right? You know, push the fill button on it and stuff. And um, yeah, oh, I love that. The presets. Yeah, so this song was just like, oh, we're gonna write a song about. I mean, I, I loved Wesley Willis, and I went and saw him live and stuff. And so I was like, well, I'm gonna write a song about Five Iron, and I'm gonna do it <laughs> as Wesley Willis. Um, I mean, I jokingly say this is my favorite song, but.
1: That's I remember it. when I was doing this song. Yes,
4: Masaki loved Wesley Willis too, and so like he's recording me doing these vocals. and He's like, "You're singing it too well. You got to stop singing it. You just got to yell it and not yeah, be on key." And so you just fun. keep telling me, making me redo it because I was singing it too well. So too
2: good. that's so yeah. funny.
1: You got to be in proper Wesley style. Yeah, exactly.
4: Okay, yeah, so. I do.
2: Yeah, I do know Wesley Willis. He okay. He got a song "Birdman" kicked my ass. They they used to have on, they would play that on the, I used to have the Harvey Birdman Attorney at Law. Oh, it's a Harvey (laughs) Birdman thing. They played that on, that was like the the song that would just loop uh, on the DVD menu. That's where I first heard.
4: (laughs) Yeah, but if you listen to one of his songs, like about a band, it'll, it's pretty much like this, pretty much. So
2: (laughs) 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 yeah, other songs about (laughs) other
4: stuff. And I at the end it. of the song, it would always be like, rock over London, rock over Chicago. And then they would give like some tagline of some product.
0: Rock over London, rock over Chicago. Five minute walk. Love God, love others. Take time to listen.
4: So I did the five minute walk tagline <laughs> at the end of it. You <laughs>
3: no, know, the label's so got good. to love it, that you know? Walk. That's so good. I love that you give the props to the sound guy in this one, that Fred kept them good in the mix, you know? Sound oh, yeah, yeah he the sound guy out. with
1: us. Uh, yeah, he was always with us on tour, so... <laughs> Yeah, that was a really neat shout-out.
4: That was another Wesley Willis line, you know, talking about the sound guy kept whatever band good in the mix. So,
3: Oh, nice. I love yeah. that. It's a big homage. This, um, so good.
4: So my wife was like, like, Josh gave us the tracks for this, and so like my wife was listening to it in the car the other day when she picked my son up. And, it you know, the he finished, and there was just dead silence, and she's driving home with him, and all of a sudden, that, that song comes on. <laughs> and he's just like, and she's like, oh, that's your dad. And he just goes, what? <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's 17, so nothing oh, I do man. is cool, and Peak I embarrass embarrassment him all the time, so. age yeah. right now too. Yeah. Yeah. N- she needs to show up like dropping him off to school, and this is just blasting. blast that song. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, yeah. So
4: I love it that people have no idea who Wesley Willis is too, and they hear that song and they think that I was like being sincere, and that I, that's how I sing. So <laughs> that's another one of the things <laughs> I enjoy
1: about people discovering that track and finding out it was me. You're like, listen, man, it's an homage. I'm playing a character. Yeah, and like check him out. like because he's that's, great.
3: That's why he's the tenor saxophonist and not the singer, not the vocalist. Excuse yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep.
4: Ouch! That's great. Yeah, I worked hard yeah. on this track. Okay, I did work hard on it. I had to <laughs> no,
1: it,
2: it I had to make my
1: vocals crappier, and <laughs> it was hard. It's <laughs> tricky. Yeah, It's like a weird thing to have to work on. Exactly. Exactly. Great.
2: Well, guys, that was it. Do we need to? Uh, do we need to do our official? Flopper bop verdicts on Fourth from the Last. I'm, ready, know, for it. Like, I'm ready for it. I feel it. like
3: this, I, we hadn't talked about a little bit. I don't know. Does this create a dangerous precedent? No, that's no. It's not dangerous for me right now. And you guys could flop just it all about, you want. I'm worried about later I, I on down the line if I have to flop a record to an artist's face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried about that. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true.
2: Well, I mean, you guys, okay, you guys could do what you want, but I'm going to okay. say this album is a bop. This is just straight up a bop. Like, it's a very, you know, you have to be in the mood for for this kind of music. It's not an all-the-time music, for at least for me. But, you know, I've had a chaotic week. You guys know I'm very susceptible to my, my environment affecting uh, how I feel about an album. But the sun's been shining here in Oregon. It's like... The weather's been perfect. Uh, it's a good mop bop, guys. I've been cleaning my house, getting ready to pack. You can just Love put this mop-bop. album on uh, and pack all your shit up. Yeah, I, I've 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 very much enjoyed it. So nice, uh, nice. I don't know. You guys don't have to do flopper bops. So it's it's totally your call. But uh I just had to lead the charge.
3: I don't know if you want me to leave you hanging or not, TJ. But I mean, <laughs> I. We'll definitely bop this record what if i flopped this record what if i was like that'd be guys, insane because this I is just don't remember this as good as when i was a kid you Josh, know? this is like
2: your third secret wish list record because <laughs> we always do our wish lists, and then you've been sneaking them in left You're and so right sneaky. like a motherfucker no,
3: yeah no i i val i told the guys so we i pick, i had us all pick three wishlist records like schedule for this year or whatever and this was because it was turning twenty-five. Like I really wanted to pick this one, but there's like some other ones. I'm like, oh, I feel like I should pick these as well. So like I was like, uh, I went back and forth a lot on like, I should I do fourth from the last verse twenty-fifth anniversary, but like I, I found the guys. I found a loophole. If you get an interview, you can sneak in your wish list. <laughs> your with wish the list, interview because then we have, it. It it ha- have huh. to, we have to cover it. And it, it doesn't. you have we have to cover it. And it doesn't count against, against my other wish list, list records. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a loophole. So, you, you are, are a loophole. Nice. That's the only reason yes. you you're are here. Are loophole. Good, yeah, yeah, good, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm glad it served uh, a purpose. <laughs> I, I've just been so stoked that we actually got to cover this record for its 25th anniversary. And yeah, I loved listening to it when I was a kid. And then I rediscovered it in 2009 in high school. And I loved it then. And it's been a while since I listened to it. And I got to re listen to it again. And I mean, I think it's great. It holds up. It sounds great. Like I I didn't remember how good the production was on it, but then listening to it, I was like, this is, like, sonically, is it's really all there. Tight. It's great. Yeah, it's great. So I was worried about that. I was like, oh, it's their first record. Maybe they didn't get a big budget, but no, it sounds great. Great songs. Great memories. Great times. Great. Big great. bop. Say, well, one more great. One more great, Josh. Great. <laughs> Game that I made. Great game. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Great, great premise for games. That's true. In this hog it was a great premise for a game. (laughs) If other people want to use that, I don't want to (laughs) toot my own horn. Toot away, buddy.
1: Toot your own sacks. I can weigh in here. So much like Kylan, I would say I can be pretty swayed by my environment or my mood or my like whatever the rhythm of the day that I'm experiencing is and that can that can kind of weigh in with my with how I feel about an album and this is definitely one of those that is very like it's so niche you know like it is it's such a specific kind of album that yeah I could probably listen to it one day and be like uh eh, it's not my favorite but the times that I've listened as we were ramping up for this episode I've been traveling a lot, so I've been in the car a lot and I've just been cruising down highways with blue skies, Great. big white puffy clouds, and a lot of weird, awesome swing ska. And uh, <laughs> you know what? It's a it's a squap. It's a squap. All right. <laughs> you weren't getting chased squop.
3: by a contractor in a big souped, souped up car. That up specific experience road.
1: hasn't
2: happened to
3: me. Oh,
1: yet. good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. But
2: you did break into someone's house to feed their dog, so <laughs> that I did. It makes sense why you would relate. Yeah, and I made sure to blast that song from my car when I did it. Yeah.
1: So, but no, it's a it's a ska, swing bop for me. It's a Squap
2: Hashtag
4: Squap
1: Nice. <laughs> Hashtag squat.
2: You made it all the way to the end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hashtag squat. Did it. Squap. How insane would it be if if Val flopped this record? <laughs> I would. Oh, know. I'm supposed you to do this mind. too. Yeah, dude, you got I, to. I, I mean, you got to do it. it.
4: Okay. So like, I mean, listening to it the last week or whatever, I have enjoyed it. You know, it's brought back some good memories and everything. So um, like both of you guys, I think it's very much like a you need to be in the mood for it. Mm, But um, yeah, I think, you know, I guess I was in the mood for it. And like I said, I loved hearing Jason E again. So I'll give it a bop.
3: Hell yeah. All right, yeah, quadruple nice. bop,
2: baby. Quad bop.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Quad how do you feel bop. about it? Like just now, as like part of the W's legacy. Like I don't know, how does the record? I mean, I didn't realize we already? had a legacy. We <laughs> we have two CDs. i <laughs> Surprise!
4: I don't want to sound like a jerk, but I, just, I don't think about it that much. You know, yeah. I don't think about the W's. Every once in a while, like a story like pops into my head, and I'll tell one of my mm-hmm. friends something, and they'd be like, "Wait a minute, you were in a band and you played like." <laughs> in front of big crowds and stuff. And I'd be like, oh yeah, I DC guess, talk. you know, it just doesn't, yeah. I don't think about it a lot. Um, right. Mm, yeah. So I mean, I didn't really think about us having a, I mean, you know, we kind of broke up unceremoniously and uh, just kind mm-hmm. of fell off the face of the earth. So there was talk about um, us getting back together again at one point, like 10 years ago, like some promoter contacted James and James reached out to the rest of us. And Andrew was like, no, I don't want to do it. But if you guys want to do it, you can, um, there's this guy, there's this guy, um, from another band in Corvallis that we all liked and he's Andrew's brother-in-law now so he's like yeah you can have Mark play guitar and sing and we we're like yeah okay let's do it and so we started like you know all practicing at our own homes and stuff and then mm-hmm. it kind of got to a point where Todd was like I don't know I just don't Todd didn't really want to be in a band anymore and he kind of didn't want to do it anymore and so right. it just kind of fell apart at that point kind of like <laughs> I like how the band <laughs> fell apart to begin with and so right I was like oh oh well and, you know that was like the last time I really thought about the W's, I guess, and since then I just kind of like blocked it out of my memory because I got I got super depressed when it all kind of fell apart again. So I was I was looking forward to playing these songs like for my kids and having them see mm-hmm. me, yeah, do yeah. it because I don't know it's just one of those things where it was like, yeah, I want them to see this because they've seen videos of it and stuff, but it you know right. it'll be different for to them share to this see, like, like, like yeah yeah yeah. I was really yeah. looking forward to that, um, and like you know my friends were like I've been hearing about it and they were all excited and stuff, and then just kind of stopped and um yeah that is a yeah i got i got super depressed and talked to my therapist a lot and um but i'm over it now and uh (laughs) just have it yes like i don't i don't think about it a lot probably like for that reason um right but
2: yeah that makes sense that makes sense well you know we we appreciate you recognizing that within a specific for certain people like us you do have a legacy and for coming on and talking to us and just Telling stories and, and letting us joke around and stuff, man. we yeah. you know, obviously I can't speak for the other guys, but I've, you know, I've had an incredible time tonight. Like, I can't believe it's already Same. nine o'clock. Uh, uh, it's been <laughs> super fun talking to you. Is there, you know, usually we use this time to like plug stuff. If you have anything, I don't know if you. I mean, so I still
4: uh, write and record music, but I don't, I don't release it or anything. Um, okay. Like, back 10 years ago, I had, like, a SoundCloud and a Bandcamp and stuff, and okay. as a part of my spiraling depression, I just kind of, mm. I deleted all my, like, my Instagram, my Bandcamp, my SoundCloud and everything, and I yeah. just, uh, I had this, like, what's the point kind of um, right. attitude at the time, mm. and uh, yeah. and since then, I just haven't, I don't know, I haven't felt the need to put anything back up. Um, yeah. Like, I'll make CDs and just send them to my family and friends. I call it the the nonsense dispatch. Um, cool. And all this mail them CDRs that. of good. music I've recorded, um, but that's about it. I'm not really looking to come back or anything like that. that. So yeah. Well,
2: I know, I know he won't ask for it, so it, I'm gonna ask for for Josh. Next time you do one of those, you should send Josh some stuff. He won't do anything with it except listen to it on his own and be very excited.
3: Val has my address already. So <laughs> I, I do have his address. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I send him all this other
2: stuff. So that's nice. super cool, though. Well, guys, do we have anything else we want to...
1: I just want our next Patreon goal to be raising enough money to create multiversal uh, reality travel so that oh, we can cool. send yeah, yeah. Val to be in Dog Trout. Dog Trout, yeah. He, <laughs> he can kill the other Val. That's right. We won't tell oh, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's pretty got dark. dark. <laughs> <got> dark. Yeah. <laughs> and then he can replace him, and then you can make your Ska a uh, movie cover band. Yeah. Um, this is beautiful. It'll be great.
2: <laughs> I don't know why. I, I just by default say things TJ says. When TJ talks a <laughs> lot, I say that's beautiful because he's very he articulate. So but then I just, I just realized yeah. within context, like, no, me that's killing <laughs> yeah. the ultimate. Well, that shit insane. TJ. In You're a Rick and Morty <laughs> really situation beautiful. there. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: It is <laughs> very prestige. Precisely. <Rick> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. <laughs> cool.
4: Well, okay.
2: I think we're going to wrap it up here. Val, thank you so much for coming on. Yes. We super appreciate it. Thanks, dude. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Our listeners are going to get a kick out of this as well.
3: Oh, yeah. So
2: uh, for all the jammers out there listening, if you like this, we have more nonsense like this over at Patreon at Patreon.com slash Church Now podcast. Uh, you can also follow us on all the social media stuff at Church Jams Now. Uh, I think that's all we got. Until next time, may all your favorite bands stay together, and peace out, prayers.
3: Is that a one take? (laughs) I forgot to mention that, but I love that part.